0: Welcome to episode 109 of the motherfucking podcast. This is the official podcast of the International Power Rock Combo, motherfucking ruckus from Denver and Chicago, respectively. I'm your host, Aaron Howell, and here with my man, Gordo. As always, Gordo, what's up, dude? Hello, what is happening? Yeah. And uh, today, we have a very special guest. He's a heavy dude. This is uh, a guy I specifically brought on to talk about an experience from his youth um, that is that is somewhat topical. But uh, we've had a couple very long, uh, very lengthy conversations recently, and they've led in all sorts of different directions. So I wanted to have him on just because the man has a lot, uh, a lot in his noggin there, and a lot of. Uh, perspective and a lot of experience, and um, and he's just a cool guy. Please welcome to the show, uh, if, you've, if you've ever been to one of our shows, you may have seen him up front rocking out in a big yellow raincoat um, <laughs> on a walker, just partying his ass off. Please welcome to the show uh, my friend Eric Stranger, real name, Eric Stranger. Uh, welcome to the show, Eric. It's good to have you on, man. Thanks, guys. It's great, it's
2: great yeah. to be here.
0: Yeah. It's good thank thank you for me, having man. me. Thank yeah. you for having me. So, so before we get into anything at the very top of the show, let's talk about this very exciting Supreme Court decision because I only saw I only saw the headline. So, one of you guys who knows more about it than I do, uh, which one of you wants to take that and explain to people who may not have seen the the headline show up in their feed. It's like it's landmark
2: news, right? I was watching a um one of the shows this morning on ABC, and they broke away uh, a special news report. And the guy, the reporter was looking at the monitor and stopping and looking at it. He couldn't, he couldn't get the news off the monitor fast enough to be able to tell us what was going on. And he has um, to there were two decisions. There were two decisions that came down. And uh, the one was to do i think it was the first one was to do with work environment for people of trans uh, gay lesbian what anything other than heterosexual um the way that the lower courts had ruled was that the law was written for married or heterosexual people and it did not apply to anybody else so if you represented yourself as a heterosexual person at work, and then decided to change your appearance or join a gay club or play softball with uh, uh, people of like mind and a customer or a supervisor or a peer got wind of it, you could be fired immediately. Right. And uh, the Supreme Court turned it around and six to three, with blew my mind, Gorsuch writing the decision. Uh, he he wrote that back when they wrote the original amendment, um, there were no <laughs> outed people that right, right. He, that Congress would have considered, and now it's part of the general culture. So well, I mean there was ha- si- there were psych manuals that
0: considered it a, a type of like. Debi- just deviance, you know, is considered well, the, like some form sort of me- mental illness. Like this is like in the DSM fucking two or three or something like that. Well, well the, the main that's thing that's to keep in stuff. mind,
1: though, is that on the basis of sex is the basis of sex is one of the reasons that you can't discri- discriminate according to this Title VII 1963 statute, right? Right. So the debate has been raging about what does sex mean? Right, you know. So they basically, definitively, came down on the side of LGBTQ.
2: Yeah, uh, that's awesome. That that's solid. fantastic news. I mean, six to three in a conservative court. About that's goddamn time. Solid. That's solid, man. It's I mean, about goddamn time. Like my I knew dad it
0: said. Sometimes you get good news. Well, yeah. and and here's the th- here's an important thing to consider, and and I've somebody pointed this out to me not too long ago. It is important to remember that when we are getting enraged at the conservatives in this country like liberals like the three of us when we were getting enraged at conservatives it's important (laughs) it's important (laughs) to remember that the conservatives today are more liberal than the conservatives in 1970 or are more the, the conservatives today are more liberal than the liberals in 1970 were or in 1950 or in, you know, and the the Democrats, uh, you know, Democrats and uh, the liberal Democrats of the 1970s were were far more conservative than, than today. So it's like really... Uh, there's a big
1: difference between like, you know, social conservatism, physical conservatism, you know, like yeah. moral conservatism, like what, like where is that coming from, you know? Right. So right, there's, right. I don't know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of room to wiggle around in there right i right, might right. go
0: with, i might go with more educated
2: more exposed definitely
0: right <laughs> well definitely. there's more in the world there's more in the world today yeah. yeah you know i mean we just know more than ever and it's like i think we're edging towards a world where being lgbtq ia plus is just normal shit like that's what I would love to see is just get to a time when it's just normal shit and it doesn't matter any more than the color of your hair or color of your eyes. You know, I would love to see that. I would love to see the same thing happen with race. I mean, that's the goal, right? Is to get to the point where it just doesn't fucking matter and it's not even that something is, we that we, is true. Like it's it, like we want to get to a time when it's not something that we even have to have to have a conversation about because it's just. Your neighbors just do whatever they do and are whoever they are that 's fantastic news i really I really hope mm-hmm. that, I really hope that it pushes us in that direction so what's what 's the other decision like you said there was two decisions that came down
2: yeah, the other one it was much the same thing a uh, different case. Um, I think this had to do with this more of the social environment um, I, oh no the this had to do with a woman who was dead now she had died. Um, but they carried the case forward, continued it, and she won the case. But I can't remember ex- exactly what it was. Very similar, but a little bit different in flavor. So, all in all, it just rounded out the whole thing to sew up all the seams, close up all the holes, and say, there's no way out of this. This is now signed, sealed, delivered. We're going to go with forward with this now. And uh, That's fantastic. Stop, stop fucking around with us now. We're done I mean, there's just
0: so many more important things to focus on. I can't it, like oh. it, it blows my mind that anyone would even fight it. That it ha- like has to be a debate.
2: Are you kidding? I mean, this is this is going on in workplaces all over. Oh, of course it, it is. And, and, I know it. I think this this might be the direction that the, that we're going in is that everybody is reconsidering moral stances, where you stand, who who has the right to make a moral judgment. And there are so many things that are in that place, um, and as where you, you labelled conservatives are more to the side of, hey, that's a sin. We can't do that, or that's going to screw with my my way of life or my pocketbook. Right. We can't do that. And uh, on the other side, you've got people who have a more progressive. Outlook on life. Who are more likely to say, in a fair outlook on life? More likely to say, that's not, that's not fair. Right. That's not from a human standpoint. None of this. You can't lock kids up in cages. You, right. You, you know, you can't judge somebody on the color of their skin or on their sexual preference, and you can't go pinching some girl's ass in the elevator. Right. 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 You know. So I mean, Pretty all simple these stuff. Things very uh, to you and me. But now you take it out outside of that, you're messing with somebody's way of life, and you've got the hubris thing standing right there, glaring you in the face, saying, I can do this shit because I did it all my life, and so did my dad and my granddaddy.
0: Right, right, well, right. Well,
2: yeah, the, the, the law just getting embroiled with all of these moral
1: questions, you know, it makes it even more complex. It's like, yeah. what do these words mean? How do we define these words? And um, Kavanaugh wrote, in his dissent, because he was one of the three dissenters. It was Alito, Kavanaugh, and and Thomas, of course. Right. Um, And he wrote in his dissent, he actually, in his dissent, he congratulated the LGBTQ community on this win and just said, like, this is great, you know, but technically I can't agree with how the law is being interpreted here because he believed it was legislating and that that's somebody else's job. Right. You know, you can, which I can understand. I can understand that argument just strictly from looking at the law point out yeah. view. Like, right, I get right. it. But, you know what? It's about fucking time. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> <Sorry>. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Sorry. So, like, that's, you know, that argument just doesn't hold
0: water, you know. I'm curious if you have some thoughts as to what your dad's thoughts would have been on that, or what your dad's response might have been to what came down today?
1: Uh, you know, he honestly, he would have just said, "It's about damn time."
0: Yeah, same thing.
1: You, I mean, you know, I mean, like it's it's uh, because you know anybody in that community knows that we're all just fucking people, man. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's not just it's not complex. It's not it, there's nothing really that uh grand or, or complex to that issue is we're all just fucking people man and right you know like okay so you know you have whatever your uh, w- whatever you want to call it proclivities or your your sexuality or your you know whatever whoever you feel you are as a person and expressing that in an outward way um expressing it sexually whatever like has it just uh, very often has very little to do with anyone uh, else with, with, yeah, with anybody else or or like, you know, the kind of morals that you that you hold or the you know what
0: I mean? Like, it's just like it's it's just a part of who you are. Right. You well, know? and it's such a small so, part of who you are. Like, I have the smallest percentage of the smallest <coughs> percentage of my time is much to my chagrin. The smallest percentage of my time is spent having sex with my domestic partner. You know what I mean? It's such a small part of who i am as a human being and it's such a small part it's 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 but one attribution in what makes up the vast mosaic of of an individual and
2: yeah but i i, I would i would stop there on this one because there are a lot of people who define their entire being by their sexuality their are friends the way they live their life, where they go, what they do, what they eat, where, you know, what kind of movies they watch, what right, what kind sir. of music they go to, where they hang out—it's all defined by a like-minded crowd. Well, so, necessarily li- though,
0: because because it, there's there because there's no, we've been everybody. embroiled we've been in, we've been embroiled in this moralistic debate that shouldn't exist in the first place, and so people have formed entire identities uh, all over. the the spectrum with regard to who they love and what their like what their sexual preference is like especially like like we talked about heteronormative um practices and things like that gordo like uh like heteronormative culture like that wouldn't need to exist if If there was no fucking debate about it
3: right in the first
0: place that's the whole point exactly
1: like so you're So, yeah, I mean, like, in a certain way, you're, you know, you're definitely defined by your sexuality because you're, that by default makes you part of a counterculture, right? Right. Like, that's, but that's, that's the culture at large that's telling you how they're reacting to, you know, that's the hegemony of the, of the larger culture is saying, no, this is not cool. This is And that shouldn't be. That shouldn't be. And that's what. It shouldn't have to be. That's the part that that's that really just fucks me up, you know. It's well, like, it's
0: like the first. I mean, it's, it's Pride kind of, right up. now, right? Like right now, it's Pride Month, and yeah. the, all the, first, the time
1: for this legislation to come through.
0: Perfect, right? <laughs> and, and yeah, yeah, yeah like i w- i watched that um the life and death of marsha uh i can't remember her last name um the 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 trans woman in new york and uh the first pride and the the riots and all that yeah, stuff yeah, it's yeah. like the first pride was a riot man it's like, it's like started a it all yeah it started it all and it was as a response to completely unnecessary and unjust oppression and moral policing that didn't need to fucking exist in the first goddamn place. Right. So, of course, of course, a counterculture sprouted up from it, you know, well, and, but then, and you to know, your point. Again,
1: Eric. again, that was that those were laws that were on the books, you know, homosexuality was, was know, illegal. illegal.
0: So, well, like I said, know, in, in in either like, the, it's the DSM three or the DSM two. It's an older uh, version of the diagnostics and statistics manual for uh, psych workers. Uh, PM, PMS was updated. considered a form of like hysteria and mental illness. <laughs> You know, uh, uh, alcoholism and substance abuse were considered forms of hysteria and, and deviance and homosexuality and um, and uh, and trans. I don't even think they called it transgender then. What did they call it? They called it oh transsexualism. Transsexual
1: or cross dressing or whatever they.
0: Yeah, that was considered a form of deviance. You know, mm-hmm. it was considered a mental illness, and so it like informed the whole institution, man, from
2: from the bottom up. With this with this decision, now I mean, in this country, pretty much sews up everything. Should close the book on this from a legal perspective. How long it takes for it to infuse itself culturally is another story. But right. if you go elsewhere particularly in places in in Africa and some parts of Asia. Oh boy, man, you can you can't even you can get killed a, for being I, gay
0: in Russia, right? Just just a nuance of
2: of if they suspect uh, you're gay, yeah. Oh my god, you're done, you know? Yeah. So, uh, this is something that is gl- I think these things are global and it's a really well, one of, and, one, of and, the, one of the things about globalism that really is attractive in that it's going to level the playing field for everybody and let the entire culture come to a, a, a consensus on, on, on these moral issues, we right. would hope, so that everybody can practice what they're comfortable with within themselves right. anywhere in the world. And if that ha- when that happens, oh, I don't think it's going to happen in my lifetime. I could only wish. Well, that I don't
0: know about that because and Gordo and I have talked about this this before is like now we are transmitting culture and ideas faster than ever thought possible. No like ide- ideas rocket around the, the globe in a matter of a day. I had to I had to put a disclaimer in the episode of the podcast we did with Jonathan Snyder that we posted after the media blackout, because so much had happened in the media cycle, so much had happened in the discussion, that there were points in our discussion which had been rendered irrelevant. I mean, I can't cite any specifically right now, but there were things that we were talking about that had completely changed. That is how fast ideas just make it around the planet. So we could see some major things still in your lifetime, Eric. I mean, you've got a ways to go, and you've already seen a lot happen. You (laughs) know, and and uh, and yeah, I mean, it's just that's fantastic news. It's fantastic, amazing, beautiful, wonderful news, man. I mean, people people shouldn't have to just fight to be who they are. You know, life's hard enough. Yeah. We got we we've got we've got enough inherent challenges just being human beings trying to survive in nature without being consumed and eradicated by it that we we don't need to be shooting ourselves in the fucking foot man it's like that I mean that's a beautiful thing I'm like I'm getting a little emotionally overwhelmed by it it's very it's a very beautiful thing one thing that Americans are good at. You know, and this is debatable, I suppose, is... Or one thing that we've always excelled in is exporting culture. And I think that by us leading the way of normalizing LGBTQ people, like, that is going to change the way some other people around the world think about it. I would hope so. I mean... You know, there are obviously people who are way ahead of us on that. You know, Scandinavia and and Europe and and other parts of the world. There's obviously a lot more. You know, there are people who are way ahead of us, but but there are people who follow our lead on certain things. There are countries that follow our lead on certain things, and and with th- this decision, it's going to change the way that other other places around the world think about it. You yeah, know, there the are still
1: places. Functional nature of what. Of what has been done is going to reverberate
0: for sure. Yeah, absolutely. It's gonna it's gonna ripple across the planet. And, you know, like I you know, we were talking about uh before we got on the air we were talking about, you know, IDW characters and Joe Rogan and whatnot and and he made a you know, he made a comment on one episode where he was like, There are still places in the world and and you know people don't like to believe this but there are still places in the world where fucking gay people are getting thrown off of buildings you know and it's mm. considered justified because mm. it's an it's a it's an honor killing or it's you know it's 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 a it's a moral religious issue you know that shit's still going on and i really am hoping that moves like this set a precedent that acts like that just completely fall out of the human acumen I hope so man Yeah, I really do Eric I wanted to talk about the main reason I brought you on is because you have loosely mentioned before in conversations that we've had about your youth in activism Mm -hmm. and uh, so why don't you start out by telling us where you're from, and and about what period of time you lived there.
2: So I was born. I was born a little white boy in Africa. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and uh, I was born in South Africa. Grew up there. You talk about white privilege. The society I grew up in wrote that book, and it's it was something that at at a very young age it didn't ring didn't ring right with me i'd question stuff and was always brushed off this was not something even to be discussed i mean it was just you know
0: can you tell and can I- you tell the people who don't know what uh, what what year you were born like uh, the decade the like the time period that you grew up in south africa
2: Oh, I was born in the late 50s, grew up in the, you know, I was a young man in the 60s. I uh, So, apartheid was or, very much alive and, and kicking in South Africa at this time. Oh, big time. Uh, when I was uh, maybe five, six years old, the president was assassinated. Uh, his name was Favut. He was probably as close to a Nazi as you could get. Holy shit. Uh, from there it just got worse and worse and then
0: what what did you say was the name of the 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 president that was killed at that time Favut. Is Favut. That v E R W O E D So was this was this pre apartheid or was this during apartheid no. is this what precipitated apartheid No this is probably right in right at the height of it Oh right yeah. at the height of it he was assassinated yeah. okay yeah Okay Okay please continue uh, Tell me, tell me, tell me more about like what the world looked like for you growing up, and and when you really started asking questions about what you saw
2: around you. Oh, I I started at a very young age. I, I grew up on a ranch. Uh, my family was involved in uh, horse racing, which was the only legal form of gambling in South Africa. You couldn't do any other kind of gambling whatsoever. And uh, I grew up on the ranch with horses. The family, our family was, was uh, uh, what would you call it? High profile, huh? That's a good word. Okay. Um, high, high profile because of... Well, think about this. If to, What's your biggest sport? Yeah, NFL, right? Take your top coach in the NFL. Right. His kids. What kind of life they're going to have. My dad was, and my grandfather vied for top trainer. At, uh, owner and trainer uh, at the same time through for several years. So horse when racing
0: you, is huge. It's enormous. It's it like, w-
2: well, it was the only legal gambling, the only legal right. gambling.
0: So it's a huge uh, industry, and you you guys are enormous. so you and you guys are part of the mechanics of that whole industry.
2: Right. You, you don't have a lot of exposure to the outside world. Our uh, uh, we, we lived in a uh, the the farm was. Had a twelve-foot fence all the way around, <laughs> uh, with big gates on it and stuff. It was high security, and this is back in back in the sixties. It was kind of um, a big deal. But yeah, I I didn't see a lot of other kids much, and my friends were the grooms. I never I never did learn to ride a horse. <laughs> you never you never learned to ride a horse, even though you were around him. That's interesting. Uh, I was as a baby. I'd wake up at four o'clock in the morning, and that's you know the time first string goes out. So my mother would hand me to my dad, and my dad would take me off to the track. Uh, he was he was watching the horses, so he'd give me the groom, and I'd sit on sit on the horse and just like nod off. And that would that's I never learned to ride a horse. It was just just a mastered it at you know in infancy, I guess. <laughs> so, but these were my friends, these guys that. Looked after the horses These guys that worked the farm And there wasn't a white person among them They couldn't do the things that my parents' friends did They couldn't go to the places that my parents' friends They couldn't shop in the same places Couldn't go to the same liquor store Definitely couldn't go to a movie Here I am as a little kid asking why And could not get the answers uh, when I started getting... Uh, I'm an old fart now, but the the term is woke, right? <laughs>
0: <laughs> he was getting woke back before it was cool, man. He was yeah. getting woke before woke was woke. He was getting when woke I... <laughs> before woke was woke.
2: <clears throat> he got woke back when it was called awake. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I got myself into a lot of trouble at a very young age. I mean, before I even hit high school, I was I was fighting with other kids at school because you know, teachers. Teachers didn't like me very much. So what much.
0: were what were you fighting about? Like what were you what were what was behind your acting out? Was it did it ha, did, was it completely unrelated to these no. relationships
2: you had with the the grooms? No, because you know, they were not they they were there by the government's decree on a visa, a work visa. Uh, and under this, the contract of their work visa, they're not allowed to have any children in South Africa. They had to return to what the government had declared their homeland, which was a separate country within South Africa's borders, which is absolutely stupid, ridiculous, and uh, just a ploy. To bypass the laws uh, from an international perspective, they wanted to keep South Africa white, so they created a host of smaller countries. Now there are two countries; they have been for uh, ever, uh, still are. Now there's a couple of others, but they—they they are now actually they're not within the borders. But Swaziland and Lesotho, okay, are two countries, kingdoms that have been there forever. Uh, but then they—they they created. Kazankulu, and they created Venda, and they create these little pieces of land that they put a arbitrary border around. Uh, like a reservation. Uh, exactly. And said, this is your country. Yeah, you can go there, you can do whatever you want in your country. Now, what it did do was it managed to bypass the international sanctions that were put on them just before apartheid fell so what what are these sanctions what were the sanctions that that they had oh this was uh, okay from a music perspective musicians wouldn't play in south africa because they couldn't bring their black musicians with them and stay in the same hotel go to the same restaurants so they said, no, no, um, until you change your policies, we're not coming back. But there were right. still a lot of musicians that did come to South Africa. So they created these little stands, right? And I don't know you may have heard of a, a, a casino complex called Sun City in South Africa. Yeah, I was just about to ask you about that. Yeah, yeah. that was their, that was their mechanism for getting around that because now that was in a different country. Right, so I mean, now musicians could go play there. It's just outside of Johannesburg. I mean, you could drive there in a couple hours.
1: But that became uh, like a that that was like a political thing to say. Like we're not mm-hmm. even going to play Sun City. Like we're not going to do that. There was a whole.
2: That right afterwards, when when people started to realize, hey, wait wait a minute, this is this is still South Africa. What are you talking about? Yeah. And then they said, oh, well, you know what? Now you can take your Sun City and shove it up your ass because we're not dealing with that either. Right. And that that was um, um, Stevie Van Zandt who started that. Yeah, started that movement. Stevie's Van Zandt from Leonard Skinnerd. No. Oh, uh, Springsteen. Uh, Springsteen's band, Little Steven. Springsteen's oh, band. Oh, okay.
0: I was thinking. I was thinking it was like Ronnie Van Zandt's brother or something like that. Sorry. 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 Yeah. Okay. So, so uh, tell tell me more about tell me more about Sun City. What is that? That's like so they make like these little like reservation spots where different rules apply so that they can still enforce
2: apartheid in the broader country of South Africa right yeah yeah because then what they could say is you can work out here in Johannesburg but only you got to go back to your country if you oh you know, okay. right, say, right, right, same right, right. I mean you know, it's the same way as a visa works anywhere else in the world you, right right you can visit for a certain amount you get a work visa yeah um, but this was this was not internationally endorsed at all. Oh, of I mean, course not, right. Everybody saw through it immediately. Uh, I actually, <laughs> I was in uh, my senior year at high school, and um, one of my teachers figured I was, uh, he, he always picked me for these weird, odd things, I think because he, he, uh, because I always had an argumentative way of dealing with stuff, and I saw through the crap. Uh, there were forty of forty kids that were picked from school districts throughout South Africa to go on a bus tour of six or seven of these countries, and we had to write an essay afterwards, which was to be published in the uh, the Sabra book, which was this Sabra South African Bureau of Racial Affairs and they publish this document every month or so it's like a propaganda manual for like
0: this is this is like why apartheid works this is like what we like this It was it the government's way of basically being like look even the little kids understand how it
2: works what did you write this thing? did you write the pro- <laughs>
0: <laughs> well I mean immediately when you say something uh, like that it's just so obvious you know like no I had, kidding
2: I, yeah. so, so I get on the bus <laughs> no kidding <laughs> I get on the bus, and I go with these, uh, and uh, there's two, two buses. One's got all our luggage and food and whatever, you know. And i tell you what, these places are beautiful. Right. I, I mean, they really are nice. Well, where well, they took us to, you know, beautiful. Really nice hotels to stay in. Uh, the people it's like a resort wonderful. on a border town or something like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, a lot of the industry that we saw, that was crazy. Because the, the able-bodied people were working in the mines and in industry in South Africa on visas. The people back home in their countries, uh, well, no, no, they were, they couldn't make money there. If they were able-bodied and able to work and make money, they'd go to South Africa. So who's left behind? So we were taken to factories that employed the blind, the disabled, you know, the, uh, people that really would not get a job in South Africa. Right. Um, Wow, the stuff they turned out was absolutely ma- – I mean, blow your mind at the time because you see people making baskets with their feet. Right. Which is – I mean, it, where's the market for baskets, you know? Right, right, right. How are you, how are you going to support a country with baskets? So uh, I, I got back and – I also asked a lot of questions when I was there of the people, our hosts, as to how their administration ran. How the, I really didn't have a clue. <laughs> I mean, I mean, the, the South African government had set them up and said, do the job. And if you need help, just call us. We'll tell you what to do. Right. I mean, you, know, run a, you call it a country? I mean, you know. So I got back. I wrote my little piece. And uh, <laughs> How old are you when you wrote this? Uh, 15, 16 15, 16, okay yeah. They okay. sent it back They sent it back and said you gotta you know, Change this, do, do it again So, wait, so what, did, what, what was the content
0: Of the What was the content of the essay that Specifically
2: rubbed them the wrong way Oh that I called them out and said this is a bullshit excuse for apartheid. This is a way for you guys to justify your apartheid system. you, you can't be doing this right this country this country belongs to everybody. Oh my God that's oh my God it was just a little a, a wrong thing to say. And that's why I got me that that's the kind of shit got me into trouble because I kept doing that stuff, you know Okay, so then what happens?
0: You're 15, 16. so what happens over the next couple years? Oh yeah, yeah
3: yeah yeah
0: yeah what happens over the next couple of years cuz i mean if uh, you're, if you're 15 16 years old i know where the story goes so yeah. a lot of shit must have happened in that little mm-hmm. 1 to 2 year period what what's going on well here, no this this,
2: one, two, this has been going on since i was in middle school i mean this you know um, so when i left when i left school and i graduated i kind of wandered around and decided to do a little activism stuff before I went off to college. <laughs> in South Africa, you have a uh, um, conscription. everybody goes in the military. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh yeah. Uh, I don't not now, but back then I, I I don't know about now i don't I'm not sure. Uh, but back then, yeah, but they would, <laughs> they wouldn't have taken me. <laughs> uh, but um, why didn't they, why wouldn't they take you? Oh, come on.
0: hey i only know you now
2: (laughs) oh i'm I'm very mellow (laughs) now yeah no i was uh i i had no compunction whatsoever i I would tell them straight to the face of a racist you know you you don't do that and and when you start so they won't take you if you're a troublemaker no, they, of course they will, but Be- they put you, they put you into some. Uh, you end up sitting in, in in a jail, you know, most of the time, right? Until time's up. But for me, no, I I kind of wandered around and doing my thing, and then I got picked up for for uh, some hmm, insidious type work that I was doing that was not not quite right. Um, nothing dangerous. So I wasn't. I wasn't inciting any kind of government overthrow or anything, but I was trying to get people to understand that they had rights, and they, particularly with regard to education. So what, what specifically were you doing? Are you, are you at liberty to talk about it? Yeah, it's, uh, I, you know, I spent most of my life avoiding it altogether because it was dangerous. Right. Uh, I was, you know, so it's kind of a, it's kind of difficult. But no, I, at the time I I was working with small groups of uh, mainly young kids who were my age, and sometimes a little older, and giving them um, the tools to be able to get out of third grade. Oh, these, they didn't make it past six. Most most black kids in those days didn't get out of six past sixth grade.
0: Okay, so was it was it illegal to pass along just educational information?
2: Depending on what kind of information you did. Let me give you an idea. I did not see a television set until I was 21 years old.
0: What? Yeah. Get the fuck out,
2: really? No, yeah. It was illegal to own a television set in South Africa. Well, because... I mean, didn't they, didn't they have state-sponsored programming? No. no. Oh, yeah, eventually, but at the time, uh, Jeffersons? Are you kidding me? Right, uh-huh. right, 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 <laughs> right. <laughs> you, can't, you can't have black people seeing other black people living in apartments next door, white people. Oh, no. I mean, no. So they just
0: they just didn't have television at all? They didn't do anything to just, oh. like, try and block television? I guess they would have to create a different television that didn't pick up on, on those signals,
2: well, it, or, or well, what? It, what would hey, be the reason... Gotta, You're at the ass end of the world. You're on the tip of Africa. There's only one other place where you could get television. Now, television signals do not go very far. Right. Okay? You've got to have repeaters and things like that. So if you were on the border with Rhodesia, which is Zimbabwe now at the time, they had television.
0: So you would have to do a repeater off of their television signal and their television signal would have been all stuff
2: that that the South African state didn't want citizens to be seeing. You couldn't even see because they had they had block blocker transmitters on the border. So even if you brought a television even if you smuggled a television into South Africa. How would you get it there? It's illegal. If you were caught with one, it would be like holding a a, a killer of coke, you know? What? I'm telling a you. television? You could not have a TV in South Africa. It was it was illegal. He's like, I can't make it more clear. No TVs. <laughs>
0: TVs are illegal. They're bad. No, you can't have them. No, we're going to spend the rest episode. Really? <laughs> really? Nuh-uh. Yo. The whole rest. Of- wow, that's <laughs> fucking hot, man. Okay. Okay, so... Yeah, so, so you are you are doing you are with various groups that are helping to get something that you haven't just come right out and said yet, but something yeah, to well, these kids okay. to help get them out of the third grade. Tell me more about that. I want to I want to know more specifics of what you're
2: doing. I'm teaching kids. I'm sure I'm I'm reading to them. I'm hoping them read. I'm uh, teaching them math. I uh, think a lot of them arithmetic was uh, something that was uh, you know. Beyond their comprehension. This is against the law to do this? No, no, no. But it was against the law to go into the uh, townships. Now, remember I told you about the reservation type things, right? The countries. Now, within the cities were these concentration camps, you know? (laughs) Townships. I mean, call it what it is, right? Yeah, Soweto. You've heard of Soweto. Soweto, yeah. Alexandria. Yeah. Now, you couldn't go in there. If you were white, you couldn't go in there unless you had permission to go so in their there. So they're ghettos, is what they yeah. are. Yeah. But their these state-sponsored places, are state sponsored ghettos or state state regulated and controlled ghettos. Well, even not even. They were, just pla- they were just plots of land where they said, you go live there and take your piece of cardboard and your corrugated iron and build yourself a little shack. You sleep there, but come to work. We do, you're not expected wow. to do anything but work. If right. you want to do anything socially, go home, back to your country. So that's where there's, where there's nothing. To, where there's nothing for you. Yeah, and they they had curfews. You know, if you, unless you were at work at night or you had reason to be away from there, uh, when the darkness fell, you had to be. If you were black, you had to be inside your your township. So, uh, I got caught in there. Several times, and one time I got caught, and I was just, uh, you yeah, me I was the last straw.
0: Oh, that, so so you were a repeat was... offender going in, sneaking uh-huh. into a place where you were not to be, and you were, what, tutoring kids? You were sneaking yeah. into tutor kids? Get the fuck out of here.
2: I'll, but you see, the problem is they don't know that I'm just tutoring kids, because in their mind, I'm... I am a subversive. Turning in, I'm turning them into rebels. Right? Ah, you're you're
0: you're yeah, radicalizing. Yeah, you yeah. were radical like in their mind. You were radicalizing
2: the radicalizing mm-hmm. the blacks. Like that's the way that they looked at it. And you know what? Um, I was because I was educating them. You can't educate the blacks because that as soon as well, they get you, educated, they get apathy, and as soon as they get apathy, they want they want they want to take they want to have books. lives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's radicalizing. That's that's yeah, now you're fucking with a white man's way of life. Don't do that. Right. Don't do that. You can't fuck with his marriage or his job or his salary and definitely not with his way of life. Right. Yeah. You know? So you how how many strikes do you get before they throw you in prison? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I mean it depends who you get. I mean, you know, it's like here. How many how many times do you fuck around the with the police before you get shot in the back in the back for driving. Well, back.
0: no. So I mean, you specifically, like me, like me? how many how uh, many times did you get
2: caught before you got arrested and well, and actually? The third time I got I got taken away and sent to Pretoria, locked up, and I was in there for hmm, about six weeks before they sentenced me, and I got um, they gave me um, pretty much what they'd give me for not going to the military so i I ended up but i i ended up in they couldn't put me with the military guys because i wasn't military but they couldn't put me with the civilian guys because i was too young and also i was supposed to be in the military but i wasn't military so they had a little bit of a problem you were like in a gray zone yeah and which was very cool because i ended up meeting some very cool people (laughs) <laughs> I met I met these three guys, that now that this was a life changing thing for me. These were guys that were caught in Angola by the South African forces, and they were Cuban uh, soldiers that Castro had sent. To fight against the south africans and they got taken prisoner of war and they got locked up and they were and the only place they could put them was with me <laughs> right right and they couldn't put them in gen pop they couldn't put them with anybody else in, so. in the
0: miscellaneous jail
2: <laughs> <laughs> i ended up with these three guys and i actually ended up having uh, I, was, I ended up learning spanish which was really cool um oh that is really um, cool I wish I could see him again. That would be—I really do. I wish I could see those guys again. how long? How long, uh,
0: how long were you locked up for? Fifteen months. Fifteen months. Mm-hmm. For getting caught three times, sneaking into a township, and and tutoring black kids.
2: Well, there's was, was that, and then it was also. Uh, I yeah. As soon as they said, "Well, we'll just." put you in, you know, sign you up in the military. I said, well, hell no, that's not gonna happen. And they went, oh, now I've got all the shit that came down. Oh, they're the like,
0: oh, you're refusing, uh,
2: you're refusing
0: your, you're refusing you know. conscription, like you're a deserter as well, and and they probably looked at your long record of <laughs> troublemaking <laughs> behavior, and I'm sure they had all kinds of official-sounding charges that they
2: could just affix to, to your I, attitude. I was had a little bit of a rep, you know, and uh, mouthy. I'm sure. It'll get you in trouble real fast. So yeah, and it was uh, yeah, it was an experience. That was something. That was yeah. Um, I I did spend time in solitary confinement, which is not a fun thing. Tell me about uh, that. Solitary. Yeah. Tell me about. Tell me it's about quiet. What's your
0: experience.
2: Yeah. It's quiet and it's dark. Uh, there's no light, and or the only time, the only way you can tell that a day is going by is this tray slid under your door. Like pretty
0: much exactly what a solitary confinement montage looks like in a prison movie. Like
2: pretty much, pretty much, you know. yeah, yeah. Except that that goes by in about five, fifteen minutes. You know, over ninety minutes, and you walk out, and go get yourself some popcorn. And now this went on for long months. Not good. I broke. I had my nose broken um my skull cracked by guards yeah holy shit no yeah. hey i symbolized everything that they stood for i symbolized the anti that
0: well and i'm sure i'm sure they viewed people who grew up with your background and who still you know kind of I'm sure they looked at you as being ungrateful to a degree. You know, they probably had oh, yeah. they oh, yeah. they probably had an an especial amount of contempt for you and people like you because you were on what they considered to be the sweet end of the deal, and you didn't want it, and thought it was uh, reprehensible and were wagging your finger in their face about it and i'm sure i'm sure they had the utmost contempt for you and those like you would is that fair to say do you think
2: yes yeah, yeah. there were uh,
0: there were uh,
2: a lot of other other religious conscientious objectors in there too right i didn't uh, fit there was with, a lot of I religious
0: didn't... conscientious objectors like 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 mm-hmm. uh like white religious yeah, yeah, yeah. Conscientious objectors?
2: Yeah. But you get them in every country in the world where they won't right, do, right. You know, where there's military conscription. Um, what do you do with them? You put them in for the same amount of time that they would go to military service, you'd stick them in a prison or in you know, some kind of a thing. But I didn't fit get with the those fuck guys well. They, out of here, man. I went on a lot of work groups with them, I did a lot of stuff, and, but it, it, it's, you know, they have their own, their own code yeah i went i went to uh i went to meet these cuban guys because the red cross were the only ones that knew about them and me <laughs> no nobody else even knew that they existed nobody else knew that they were in, like in the
0: huh? prison they just kind of got thrown in there and and just left to rot they were
2: top secret man top secret holy shit and the reason they i uh, with me i wasn't getting any visitors so, I couldn't tell anybody, you know. And my mail, everybody's mail was, you, you, your mail was red, top to bottom, in and out. So, yeah, there was no way I could get out that any news that these guys were in there. Not that I knew who to tell that, anyway. Right, you know, who I would you tell that to? It. But to me, it was just cool that I had a couple of, you know, uh, a couple of good friends there. Now, I say a couple. The one guy, he was a sergeant. I believe he was a school schoolteacher. Uh, the other guy, oh, he was a very bitter man. Very bitter, very bitter man. He was a mechanic, an auto mechanic uh, by trade, a mulatto guy. And he'd lost his arm in uh, an explosion when he was taken prisoner. Mm-hmm. So there was his career gone. He was not a happy, happy guy. Right. And then there was this other guy who was uh, killed. He lost this, his arm in an explosion in in Cuba. No, in Angola.
0: Oh, in Angola when he was when he was fighting the in South Angola. Africans.
2: Actually, Angola. I think I think it might have be been Mozambique, <laughs> Angola, Mozambique. I say Angola because that's where most of those forces were. But yeah, um, but this other guy, Carlos, I, I believe he was a vegetable farmer. He had the most infectious laugh and such a sense of humor. For a guy who's locked up in a foreign country where they speak a language he doesn't understand, and they yell at him and tell him, he'd just laugh at them. I just, he'd find this hilarious. He taught me a whole different way of looking at life. How long had these guys been in there by the time you got there? No, I was in there when they arrived. Oh. So they were still in there
0: when you left, and then you, like... That was the last you ever heard or saw of of them
2: at all. Yeah. Um, It was, they were there about six months before the world got to know that they were there. And I think it was about three years later that they were swapped. The three of them were swapped for eight South Africans that had been taken POW by the Cuban forces. Wait, like, are there articles
0: that we can look up about these guys? Probably they were still locked up
2: when when
0: you left. So, yeah. um, so it was it wasn't that they
2: they stayed in prison. They were released years later, is what you're saying? Like that? I, yeah, I believe so. I I I believe so. I don't know. Okay. I'm not sure, but I've heard that one guy's name was Ezekiel. The other guy's name was Roberto, and the other guy's name was Carlos. What happens after you get out of prison? I go to I you get, know I I, start, I go to school and. Uh, start working take on you know, yeah. i'm a professional i work but in the meantime i'm i learned my lesson and now i'm if i'm going to do anything that that is going to get me in trouble i do it where i'm not going to be found I'm right 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 just... right
0: stop yeah, taking that... stop taking as as big a risk as, uh as you were taken before
2: mm-hmm. how did being in solitary confinement how did that change you i i pretty much live alone and am fairly reclusive now a lot to do with my condition right and i can deal with that and i'm comfortable with that this lockdown stuff that happened that drove a lot of people nuts. I mean, you got people are going crazy just to get out of the house right to right. me there's there's mental me, mental health issues like
0: people are experiencing forms of derangement from being locked up in their houses and stuff like that.
2: Huge problem, huge yeah. problem to me, welcome to my world. That's how I live to me it's it's never been a difficult thing because and I think because I got used to living with myself right comfortable comfortable in my head, not right. Needing to be uh, socially involved, right? And is it's that nice.
0: a, has that affected has nice. that affected your relationships in life?
2: Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I would imagine. So, yeah, I haven't had a, um, I have a child, right? But uh, oh, so you've as, been in the
0: same yeah. room as someone?
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> at I'll
0: least for a little imagine. while doesn't married. take long, trust me. I'm
1: seeing a lot here about, um, see, South Africa released 12 Angolan and three Cuban soldiers in exchange for 26-year-old South African Sergeant Johan Papenfus, a rifleman who was captured in Angola May 4th near the angolan
2: Namibia border. So that was 1988 or 89? That's um, a, lot. It's a long time. That means that they were in there for Almost fifteen years? No, uh, twelve years. Wow. wow! So, so they say anything about the three Cubans? Um,
1: th- they just—it's just kind of in passing here that you know there wasn't a, um, among the Angolans was a pilot of a Soviet-made MiG twenty-one jet that straight into Nambian Oh, that
2: guy! That guy! Ooh. December thirteenth. Mm-hmm. Tell me about that crash, guy. Crash landed in a cornfield. Never met that guy, but I heard him. He what do you would, mean?
0: You heard him? You heard him like from your cell?
2: And he would scream, man. He would scream. He would scream. Uh, uh, I mean, and, and the uh, the Cuban guys, they would just shake their head and go, oh, "Jesus, thank God, I'm not Russian."
0: <laughs> Why? He's what, Cuban. what? What do you think? Like, what was the reason that he was? What was he screaming about? And he's being tortured. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Because, specifically because he was Russian? Because they were well, torturing it, him know. for information? Yeah. Yeah. Why didn't they ever torture the Cuban guys? Like, the Cu- the because the Cuban guys were just soldiers and, and didn't know anything, you would think they would just be torturing anybody who was the enemy if they were willing yeah. to torture any enemies.
2: These are two privates and a sergeant. One's a school teacher, the other one's a vegetable farmer, and the other one's an auto mechanic. What do they know? Right, right, right. You, know, you got a Russian. You got a Russian pilot who yeah. flies MiGs. Ah, uh, no, no. Yeah, they, they rank pretty low compared yeah. to the. To the <laughs> These party. guys go where they where they're told to go, and they shoot and get shot at. They cannon fodder. Right. The pilot. The pilot. He he's a he's a mission oriented guy. He's a leader. He knows shit. Yeah, yeah. He's seen. He's seen maps and heard plans and yeah. And that, now this is all supposition on my part. I don't. You know. All I know is I heard the screams. And that didn't come from. And these were he I didn't mean, have hemorrhoids. Is well, what this is from the bottom of the soul, man—the deep, dark place where these screams are coming from. Like, this is not somebody who was just crying for his mama. This is a really, really a man in agony. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I. 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 I don't know why they were doing it, but yeah, I'm glad they released him. Yeah.
3: Holy so shit! a lot of.
2: I didn't know a that they'd
1: released him. Literature on. There's one called The Last Hot Battle of the Cold War South Africa versus Cuba and the Angolan Civil War There's like a lot I don't know You can find a lot of books on on your local library
0: That's really
1: Don't don't go to Amazon Okay, (laughs) Whatever you do
0: (laughs) Sorry Jeff Bezos
2: (laughs) I I tell you what though Now In South Africa You go to a hospital for care Your doctor is going to be a Cuban guy Cuba, uh, South Africa is one of their major exports for their doctors and medical people. They have some of the best schools in the world in Cuba. No way. Yeah. Oh no, no uh, kidding, yeah. man. And they all uh, and they Castro, all go work in South but, Africa. You gotta understand, Castro set these guys up with education. I mean, the revolution in Cuba was there were things you were going to be guaranteed, and an education was one of them. Healthcare was another one, you know? These right. guys Stay healthy, and they are well educated. Uh, where are you going to go when everybody's a doctor and you all on minimum wage? You know, right. So uh, South Africa is a nice market. It's a nice place. It's a beautiful country. I mean, it really is magnificent from a geographic perspective. From God,
0: that's got to be so crazy growing up in a place where you make minimum wage, despite being like among the upper. I mean, in a system like that, they would have to be in at least like the upper 80th percentile of educated people
2: on the planet, right? I would imagine. I don't know. I've never been there. I, I wish would, I would imagine it's I on the high love, end just I'd considering –
0: how few, like how many countries don't have access to edu- like how many people don't have access to education? If you even prioritize education like that, I mean, it's gotta, it's gotta place yeah. you in the in the upper percentile. I can't imagine like being that educated and making fucking minimum wage and having to like go to South Africa to be a a doctor. And
2: well, they don't just go there; they go all over the. I mean, oh, they, they go, go
0: all over the place, place but the place, yeah,
2: yeah, where where you know they're accepted as. Yeah. Even Canada, but they don't come here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean they did. So they don't come here any longer. <laughs> well other, well other they don't and they don't
0: take. they don't come over here because we, we do ch- don't recognize education from other other no, countries, right? Oh we do. Well, but what what about cases where you have like a guy who is like the biologist
2: in Mexico and he comes over here and has to drive a truck or something like that? Oh, you get biologists from Mexico You watch PBS. How many of those people from all over from Lima? From you know, people who are studying frogs and shit like that. <laughs> they come up here and they, they work in some of the, the Well right, the top, but don't don't don't
0: they have to don't they have to Pay in and get pay pay in and get an education from or an accreditation from an American institution to be recognized.
2: Cause oh, you, if you're he- if you're at the top of your field, I'm pretty sure your accreditation is is, is you know a shoe in. I mean, if you if people, if you well know if you've written the right papers and you've you've got. The right research that's been done, and your your name is well known. You're going to be accepted anywhere you go in the world. Well, as far as Cuban Cuban doctors go, I mean, those guys they they really are uh, some of the best in their profession. World class, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But they don't they're not well remunerated. I mean, they really. But that's the way communism works, right? Right. Uh, you do what you are skilled at and uh, if you are very good at hauling trash, you make the same amount of money as somebody who's very good at stitching up people that have got that have been in an auto accident, you know? So what, what,
0: what's what's the saying? It's from from each according to his ability to each according to his need, is that what it is? The I
2: think it's something like that. You know, something I'm not like sure that. Something I can't remember sounds, what the direct sounds, quote is. That sounds familiar, yeah. Yeah. That, but now those guys, the Red Cross really took care of them. They uh, they come in every now and then, bring them. <laughs> it was funny. They bring them these record players, right? Which a, a little a little box with a lid, hinges on it, and a nine volt battery. They got two batteries, one, and when the first one ran out, they got the second one. And each one of them got an album, one album. All the same album. (laughs) Oh, oh! They didn't each get an album. They
0: each got the same album.
2: Yeah, three albums, all the same. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man! Wow! So these guys, and they would put them on. They put these record players on. Did they get to pick the album, or did they pick the album for them? No, I mean the Red Cross just. They never even saw them. they just dropped these things off and they got a little bit a couple of Spanish books, you know this Spanish album, and this record player in one battery. And for three days, all three records were playing simultaneously. <laughs> different songs,
0: different, just like blasting out, right? It sounds then like then, working at fire on the mountain. It's like then, uh, you're at the front of house. you're listening to one fish album, <laughs> and then, you go back into the kitchen, and someone's listening to another part of the same Fish album, and then you get up to the prep kitchen, and someone's listening to the same Fish album at the same song in front, but, like, 30 seconds later. So it, like, totally throws you off.
1: You Did they, huh? they, they ever throw a Trey solo album in there?
0: Uh, yeah. Dude, we do listen... No, we listen to all kinds of stuff. We did listen to, um, just as a little quick, tangential aside, we did listen to the... Uh, uh, what's it called? The Oysterhead, um, the recording from the Oysterhead show here in Denver. So Les Claypool and Trey Anastasio and Stuart Copeland, that shit was so goddamn good, dude. It was, I can only imagine. I really wish I had gone to that show, especially now that I can't go to any shows. Like, man, I wish I had gone to that show and it was there. Listen to the recording if you can. Anyway, I'd like to go to any, I, I get, I get any to go concert. To <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to go to any
2: concert. I, I, really I get. Hey, I, I get to go every now and then. I, you know, Aaron puts on a concert in his garden like once a week or so. It's really cool. <laughs> S- yeah. So on that, I wait, have no, wait, a... Anyway, no. I, I'm going to go back to this thing. We're going to finish up on it. This guy... So the, oh, yeah. Yeah, they keep They play going. this thing for three days until the batteries right. run out. All of a sudden, it's dead silent. And there's the guy sitting with the, with the needle going...
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Trying <laughs> so to could, keep it going. He could hear the pickup of the needle... <laughs> As he was spinning the record with his finger. Oh, of man. Community. And that's what they did for days after that. And then they would sing. They would there, yeah, But they'd sing together, which was kind of cool. And that, one of the best things about it was they got cigars. From the Red Cross, got him cigars? I mean, these are Cubans. They've got to have Cuban cigars. Right, right. Castro sent them Cohibas, his own personal <laughs> stock. Right? Castro sent them to the prison? Well, I mean, he sent the cigars. How many, how many Cuban POWs are there in the world in 1977? Huh?
0: I just think it's great that he sent him cigars in prison. You know, he's just yeah. like, ah, comrades, here you
2: go, enjoy. Yeah.
0: You're yeah. not going anywhere for a while, yeah. but enjoy these the cigars.
2: Guy, the one guy didn't smoke at all, uh, but the other two. I mean, Carlos, he was puffing all the time. It was my first cigar experience. Man, did I cough like a fucking steam engine! I mean, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know. Well, and this is one of the reasons why I want to meet these guys. I want to meet Carl. I want to know if these really were Castro cigars, or if he rolled up some geranium leaves from the garden and gave them to me. You I know, told, <laughs> told him it were Castro cigars <laughs> because, yeah, I know that was. Uh, that was, uh, you know, you, you. You have tough times in life and you block you block out the the shit. Oh yeah. Right. Block, we block try. I mean no the, the the human body has this amazing ability and propensity to just shut out the pain. And Or we try you know, and take I, as much in as we possibly can. Like
0: Yeah. Like yeah. there are people who are addicted to like like
2: violence and outrage and anger porn. Like that but that's, that is the oh, thing. That, that's that's a different that's a different kettle of fish there. That's another right, right. animal. I'm I'm talking about you. You subjected to pain, involuntary pain. Uh, yeah, you tend to block it out. People don't. Oh yeah. Remember by any means necessary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you look at your scars and you say, "Yeah, that was something," but you can't recall the actual pain of it. There's no way you can recreate in your mind what the pain was of coming off a motorcycle at 60 miles an hour and getting all that gravel burn and shit like that. You can't remember the pain the six months it took to heal that stuff. But, man, you've got the scars to show it, right? Right, right, right. But you can never recall, and you can never bring that back, a broken bone. Your body does not allow you to do that. You just remember that you were horrified by it at the time. Yeah, you remember the horror. You remember, yeah so it's the same with this experience there were so many things that went on and there's a couple that are really outstanding that uh, you know, i could never I, 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 you can't block that shit out for the experience of it the actual pain of it you know, that's gone but a lot of the experiences too your mind blocks out particularly if you've got good stuff to remember and your mind amplifies the good stuff sitting there laughing you know it's freezing cold the sun's shining you're sitting on a, a dry patch of grass in the yard and smoking a cigar with these guys that don't understand you. You don't understand them, but you're laughing and you're having a good time. Those are good times, you know. Yeah. Everyone I, mean, I know
0: <laughs> who's been to prison has this weird affinity for the their memories about their time there. At the court. Dor- so, well, be, that's what I mean. Like that good stuff comes in to like crowd out all the horror and and pain and sorrow and loneliness and isolation and 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 violence and chaos and uh, boredom. More than anything, boredom. Oh, big time boredom. Yeah. Big time boredom. You know, like a uh, night. Uh, Gordo, you remember? Um, you remember Eddie? Eddie Romero who used to clean up over at Three Kings like he had spent half of his life in prison and when he would talk about prison like he'd always be like oh man we ate good man I remember when the Broncos won the Super Bowl man oh god like everyone was high-fiving and hugging each other it was so good oh like he talks, a, like, he would tell jokes and stories just about his time in prison, and, like, like you'd ask him about it, and he didn't talk about it like, Fuck, it sucked. It was the worst thing that ever happened to me. God, I hated every second of it. It was terrible. It's the worst place on earth. Like, he talked about it like it was, like...
1: Like he was in his element.
0: Yeah. I mean, and, you know, Eddie was in there on a... Uh, and he spoke very freely about it. He was there uh, on a narcotics conspiracy charge. Like, he had, he had gotten a few narcotics conspiracy charges. So, like, Eddie was a dope dealer, man. You know? He was running drugs and, and being a thug and doing what he needed to do. And when he talked about prison, man, he just talked about it like it was, it was life. You know? It's crazy. It's crazy. And mm-hmm. I, can't, I can't imagine what
2: the reality was like, you know, in D- real time. You can't talk about that stuff. You spent enough time in that. Right. You spent enough time in that. You you know, you don't want to go back there. So, if you're going to have any memories, you're going to bring back the ones that that brought you a little joy, that gave you a little hope, that gave you a little sunshine.
0: Right. When you when human beings, we have this tendency to narrativize our life, we recoil at the thought of parts of our life that seemed like completely meaningless chaos and anguish you know so we try to we try to put them in some way where they make sense in the context of this larger inspirational story
1: so i had a i had a question for you when you were incarcerated there did the the people that were in there for conscientious objection, like what was their faith background? Were they from various different backgrounds, or were they generally Jehovah's Witnesses? I was curious about that too. Jehovah's Witnesses?
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Oh, Interesting. I forgot there was a lot of Jehovah's Witnesses in Africa, huh? Well, all over the world, but yeah. yeah, yeah, they get around. There's a lot of Jehovah's Witnesses in the world, <laughs> man. Get around, <laughs> dude, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> They're knocking on doors, man. They know how to get shit done. not
2: anymore <laughs> yeah, right <laughs>
0: <laughs> Well, now they just circulate their they circulate their newsletters and stuff like the watchtower and um the the Great Conversation. What is that one? I have a book on my shelf somewhere that was given to me by a Jehovah's Witness. I've never read it, but I kept it because I was like, I was like this is something that I'm definitely going to want someday, is just to be able to, like, ransom pulls it off a shelf and goes, what's this? And I go, oh, a very, very passionate man gave that to me. A very passionate and ill-informed man handed me that book and, and seemed very excited about it. I meant to get around to reading it, but I never did. <laughs> But to him it just seemed like if I didn't read it right away the the whole world was going to end tomorrow. Well, it sounds like it is, right? <laughs> Real page
3: sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. So tell so Eric, tell me about cuz this is this is something that jumped out at me when when I first started talking to you and you were telling me about growing up in South Africa, and you were telling me about apartheid. You mentioned I—I I, I asked you um, if, just kind of offhand, if you had ever met Steve Biko, and you—you—you you, you weren't like tight friends with him or anything like that, but you did no, no, meet no. Steve Biko, Mm-mm. right?
2: Can you tell I, me a little I, bit about the situation that surrounded that? Yeah, I—I I, I bumped into him. I, I can't say I knew the guy, but uh, you know, I—I I had met him, but. Uh, we weren't friends. We weren't colleagues or anything, but um, I, tra- I like to travel around the country. Hitchhiking in those days was fun to do. Do a lot of that. Um, when I was in college, we well, we had a little club, our calculus club, and Sunday nights we'd have rolling parties, and when somebody had returned from a the trip calculus to- club parties, man.
0: <laughs> oh. We'd- you ain't party till you've been to a calculus club party.
2: Well, let me tell you, they they had these cigarettes, Mills cigarettes, which came in a in a tin box, a uh, you know, um, metal a metal flip top box, right? And uh, so we'd roll up our joints and stick them in there, but. <laughs> <laughs> whoever, whoever wh- Calc- that club man <laughs> <laughs> Whoever had uh, That week would take off Why For uh, yeah. for the trans guy Or for uh, um, uh, A cis guy or somewhere And come back with a couple of like King super bags of, of bud And we'd just have it out on the table And we'd be sitting there working out our shit And just rolling and rolling And we'd pack out our mills boxes for the week
0: According and, to my calculations We're gonna get <laughs> lit tonight
2: <laughs> Motherfucker <laughs> <laughs> but uh oh. yeah in the process I you know you you you'd end up in a dorm somewhere at some college you know and uh and, and this was before before I went to school so I was you know I was I was a kid man and I was just hitchhiking around I was not looking for weed at that time but I was just seeing the country and uh he was at a a, a a, a a group, a party, a, a gathering of people, and just said hi, you know. About it. And then when I was in prison, he died. Yeah. He was assassinated. He was killed by the police. He was put yeah. in the back of a car and driven like a thousand miles and uh, just bouncing around in the back of a car in a suspension, like on a trailer type yep. bat. And yep. he was beat up. And, and they said, oh, you yeah, know, he... Out of a heart attack or something, yeah. Oh, he was—he was beat to death. No, for, those, I, I,
0: for those who I, I don't actually, know who we're talking about, there's a there's a really great film about Steve Biko where uh, Denzel Washington plays him, and the movie's "Cry Freedom," the my beloved country. Is that what it's called?
2: Cry the beloved, cry the beloved country. Cry the beloved country. country. Yeah, that's it's what it's a, called. It's a it's a, it's a it's a book. Yeah, and I don't know if that's about Biko though, but he may have been. The
0: blood oh no! That 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 whole movie was about Steve Biko. Was it? It was, it was no, about it was about no, Steve Biko I, and it, the um and the journalist he was friends with, who was um, who was a white who was a white guy in uh, during apartheid and was covering a lot of the was covering a lot of the the activist work that was going down there. I believe I haven't watched it since. Uh, Decades now, I watched it in World History totally or came out. or something like that in in high school. Mm. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, Steve Biko, man.
2: There's a yeah, there's a great. Movie I did about it. I did work with a guy. Um, no, my my aunt. Um, she 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 owned a record company, a production publishing company in South Africa. Pretty successful one too. She had the. Beatles catalog for the Southern Hemisphere, which is kind of cool. She had this guy working for her, his name was Leslie. Leslie was a very cool dude, very quiet, reserved, and in pain. I mean he was a young man and he walked like I do now. He'd had a lot of bones in his body broken. Um, they tried to break him and yeah he didn't talk much about it and nobody really uh, this is the one thing about things inside so nobody said what was going on nobody talked about anything and right unless you, you know you were really close to somebody and you were working on something but other than that no you, I mean it's not something you typically spread the word on I mean I because rocking the boat could be a matter uh, of life or death right no shit ask me yeah no so anyway so Leslie had. I mean he had several bouts with the police and whatever forces were and um, I actually spoke with my aunt a couple weeks ago and I asked her I said what happened to Leslie he he, he was disappeared he didn't show up for work he's a production assistant that you know he just didn't show up for work one day well, it's not like him. Didn't call, no nothing. Second day, well, third day, her and some of the others went looking for him. His house had not been obviously not been even lived in for a few days. Nobody knew where he was. Neighbors hadn't seen him. Just gone. Just gone. Yeah. Never heard from him again. That's the kind of shit that went down. Leslie was an activist. Leslie was like Steve. Right. Now, I knew Leslie. Leslie and I were, yeah, we were close, as in colleagues worked right. together, you right. know, not drinking friends or buddies, but, you know, where we'd sit and have little, you know, discussions and stuff. Right. That's that was something that happened a
0: lot, people down. getting disappeared. Like, that was a thing. Well, that if happened.
2: I knew people like this, you know, but then again, I was also involved with people like this, so, yeah. They, it was not unusual for them to go missing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's Fun fucking stuff.
0: scary shit, man.
1: So um, this is, you know, probably a little off topic, but I was just kind of curious, Eric. What uh, what kind of music you you listened to when you were being brought up in in South Africa? Like,
0: yeah, well, no, that's that's oh, that's a relevant in?
1: question for sure. Cause I'm, a, I don't know. I mean, I'm a, I'm a big Fela Kuti fan, you know, and I don't know, I don't know if I never know, like how how much of a reach he had in that in that region of the world. It seemed like he was huge.
2: I say it's a strange thing. I a lot of the uh, Billboard Top Ten would be the same there. The South Africa was. I mean, they they were a Western first world country, right? With nuclear weapons, you know, right. nuclear, you know. Uh, you don't get there by being uh, backwards kind of thing. I mean they were really up they really yeah. So this is something that's interesting to me though. Is you're talking
0: about this is in the 60s, right? A lot of a lot of this the the time then you're like really exploring your various musical interests. This is in the in, in the 50s 70s. and 60s, right? 70s. Okay. So you're 70s. you're a teenager in the 70s is that what yeah. I'm to understand? Okay. Yeah. So you're a teenager in the 70s. Television isn't allowed Mm-mm. but the music of the time is allowed and mm-hmm. some of the music of those times and certainly the previous decade was like really revolutionary type of music right like it was kind of rebellious oh, music i mean like i mean you, did they keep pink, what
2: what did they keep from you guys in terms of music how about pink floyd the wall Band. And yeah, that was an anthem, man. That was an anthem. You know, we don't need no right. education. Yeah, we do need the fucking education. <laughs> right, like, right, right, right. Um, so that
0: the wall, the wall was banned. What else was banned? Anything that they felt would be uh, um, undermined government authority.
2: Yeah, oh, that would promote into species relations you know as far as uh, they were concerned right yeah yeah obviously yeah not me so right 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 um, and they wouldn't they, you wouldn't know it was banned you just wouldn't hear it
0: right and then you'd find out about it later on when you're in oh, other places got traveling
2: You know. right if you were fortunate enough in those days you're fortunate enough to 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 travel and go to other countries And go, you know You go to New York and you go Jesus, wow, that sounds so awesome You know, you take back some music with you And they take it away from you You came in through customs <laughs> you know, like, What are you taking my music? Yeah, I know. It was uh, interesting stuff
0: so, so what did you What were you listening to When you were a teenager and, and, a, and a young man What were you listening to? What were the records that you had on replay?
2: What was on the radio? I really like Paul Simon stuff, yeah. Simon and Garfunkel stuff, you know, which is pretty cool. Um, oh, and then the Pink Floyd. Obviously, if you could get hold of that stuff, it was just huge. Mm, one of my favorite t-shirts. You were talking about t-shirts the other day. I was going to oh, put yeah. on my. I was going to put on my, Pink Floyd t-shirt. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, um, a person's t-shirt collection is a is a sacred thing, man,
2: because it's. It's and all you know,
0: your uh, it's all your front.
3: I it's all front. You know, should you know, use
2: these for rags for washing the car? Are you call you out of leave. <laughs> yeah, right? No, I have
0: like I I'm very proud of my t-shirt collection. Yeah. Like like I have a system for being able to wear all my t-shirts because I have to justify keeping them all. Like it takes a lot for me to drop one from the roster.
2: Well, i got holes in a lot of them. I can't wear them anymore because they'll just fall off my body. So I've got to just That's like... That's why
0: you got to rotate them, man. Fold them and put them, yes. you, know, you yeah. got a ro- rotation
1: system, too. I do <laughs> you that. use the I
0: do. rotation system? <laughs> I, I got a
1: stack of them. I put those over here for a while. I bring in this stack. I, I could go with that one That's, for a while. <laughs> this one I just brought out of retirement. This is related, actually. It's my Sid Barrett T-shirt. Oh,
3: cool! That...
1: That my buddy made me That's made up of Like a bunch of his lyrics His face is That's an original? Cool. Uh, yeah It's just wow. something That my buddy Who works at a printing press Did That's so rad little, little dude! little bootleg Bootleg action
0: On the On the On the t-shirt front Dude, that's a T-shirt collector's pants, wet dream, man. That is so
3: <laughs> fucking
1: cool. Yeah, it's pretty neat. I mean, he does a good job. He's been, you know, he works. He he works at a printing press. He's been working there most, you know, most of his life. So he's really, he's gotten really good at it. So, dude,
0: yeah. the Sid, have you seen? Um, have you seen the the uh, uh, what do you call it? The pictures of Sid Barrett when he showed up in the studio while Pink Floyd was making. I can't remember. Was making Wish You Were Here. Oh yeah, yeah. And he shows up and he just looks like it's like he you know what he looks like? Is he looks like Vincent D'Onofrio in full metal jacket. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> like seriously.
1: That no, I mean, that's, that's, that's he looks almost exactly like that. Yeah. He
0: looks so scary, but he's like but he's also wearing this like Norman Bates like like white button-up long sleeve shirt tucked into like tweed Trousers and and a belt, like he looks like an English serial killer, dude. Like he looks like he looks like a guy who eats people's livers on like on crackers while he has tea. Like he looks he looks pretty fucking horrifying, man. Poor Sidney well, Yeah, and
1: there's man. there's like pictures of him like for some reason like you know I I guess the paparazzi over there are just like a different oh dude British paparazzi him. is insane so it's like. They leave him alone for a while, and then he would come up in the news or something, and or he would, there would be something with his estate or something about him, or because like, he was, you know, he was a little Looney Tune, so there were little bits of news that came out of that camp, I guess. And
0: they could always go back they, to him and exploit it, yeah.
1: And then, yeah, that they just take pictures of him, like, you know, going to and from the grocery store, and like pictures of him in this garden gardening and stuff and it's like look
0: how weird sid barrett is tonight it's it's
1: so trippy man he's getting his groceries dig it baby like i don't know it it doesn't make any sense but hey
2: who did you go as halloween last year i can't remember when was that (laughs) <laughs> dude i don't even remember life Come before on. anything just dude. before lockdown I was like,
0: <laughs> what did it i do for... like, so, it seems like a decade ago man holy shit Weird. dude i have i don't think i don't know if i did anything for yeah, halloween
2: I saw, I saw a picture somewhere of you with face paint and uh, going as a rock and, and I don't know if it was Alice Cooper or someone from Kiss. I can't remember.
0: Oh, that wasn't last year. That was um, several years ago. So we used to do the Monsters of Mock thing every year at Three Kings. So what you probably saw uh, is a lot of people. A lot of people were putting up pictures of old Three Kings stuff. Oh, okay, okay, okay. And uh, yeah, I see one I. of the pictures. <laughs> yeah, so one of the pictures that came up was back when we used to do the Monsters of Mock. We did oh. Turbo Negro one year. And so I did. Uh, I did my Hank makeup for that. That was a really fun year. Yeah, I know we had a good time doing that. So yeah, Hank uh, Hank Hell from Turbo uh, Negro, the the second singer of Turbo Negro, it was the one many considered to be the like most iconic singer of Turbo Negro, uh, who we got to play with at um, at the Oriental the last year, last summer. Oh, uh, um,
3: yeah.
0: He He's does.
3: Andy- do you have a list
0: of groups you did not play with? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, we're the we're the world's greatest opening band, man. That no is like kidding.
3: our
0: thing. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. I interrupted you. You were talking about No, no, about it's so fine. Funny. Go ahead. No, no, go you're ahead. absolutely right. We <laughs> are perfectly fine being the opening band. Like, we get to go on earlier. Uh we don't have to play as long Um, And a lot of times, like, our audience is kind of older folks anyway, so they start to get tired when the headlining band goes on. We're fine with it, man.
2: And you get to meet all these great artists and hear their music. Sometimes. 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 You know what? Sometimes, for the most part... Be careful now. Be careful now, because you've got a lot of gigs coming up. Look, look, (laughs) look,
0: here's here's the thing. For the most part, (laughs) national and international touring acts, they see a different local opener every night. The local uh, opener, as far as they're concerned, is a economic decision, uh, not an artistic decision. Sure. They make the decision to put a local band on because they don't have to make accommodations for a band coming with them on tour, and they can bolster ticket sales by local bands like us being all excited to bring their friends to a show. Hey, man, I'm not knocking it. I play the game. I do it. <laughs> I don't, dude. I don't. I don't mind hoeing myself out i'm cool with it because i get to yeah. play big stages with awesome bands and go to shows for free and and shake my wee wee on stage for all my friends like i that's what i was
2: saying you get you get to hear some great music you get to go yeah. to great gigs you get to go to good concerts and you you get to go to a lot of concerts yeah man, you know? and i mean you if know, that's opening band
1: is not a bad proposition
0: no it's, it's, it's the coolest but yeah. that being said you don't get to, so because it's an economic decision, and because they make that decision so many places, you don't, uh, oftentimes, you don't get much face time with the touring artist, with the headlining artist. Like, right. honestly, I think there have been more cases where I never even met the headliner than we we met them and, like, hit it off. Like, I hear stories about my friends in bands, like, oh, yeah, we opened for these guys, and we totally hit it off, and then we went on tour. I'm like, how? When When did that ever fucking happen? Because that never happens to us. Well, it happened to
2: me, and I wasn't even in a band. yeah. <laughs> what, do you, what do you mean? What do you mean? <laughs> oh, I met this, uh, this group of guys that were just fucking crazy, and they were just, they were wonderful. They were just, uh, every one of them had personality, just blew up, and uh, uh, a little group called Madness. Oh, very cool! Oh, no, shit! <laughs> yeah, oh, oh my god, these guys are just awesome. I met them in France. I hear at, so uh, many. I I, uh, I can imagine them
0: being very just like sweet, amazing, fun guys. Like it just shows up in their music,
2: you know. This was a long time ago, though. I Man, this was in what 79. I was in uh, uh the music international music annual music conference at Medium which is in Nice, in the south of France. Okay. Oh, um, ah, nice. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's like 24.
0: Gordo got it.
2: It's- <laughs> <laughs> oh.
0: <laughs> Sorry. I had to make a dad joke. Sorry. Sorry.
2: <laughs> I saw your dad mask thing, too. It's just pretty... <laughs> Nice. Yeah. Oh,
0: nice. Okay, so it was in Nice, France. Yeah. 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 Huh. So, guys, you had, so you meet Madness. Like, what? What? What yeah. was the
2: circumstances of you meeting Madness? Tell me. Oh, that. I had I had all excess pass, so I could. You know, I was on the stage. I had a nice camera, and I was just like right up taking these pictures, which worked. For, um, they loved that shit. Alice Cooper did not. Yeah. Yeah.
0: No, Alice, Alice Cooper is is more of a vaudeville artist than anything else.
2: Yeah, no you know, kidding. he took me off the stage. I did crowd surfing before that. Before yeah, that was a thing. You
0: Alice know. Cooper's very serious about his stage, man. He's an he's an old school yeah. dude, and seriously, like his his show is like a vaudeville show. Yeah. like I got great pictures.
2: I mean, I got great shots. But he got man. pissed at you when you tried to take pictures, huh? Well, because I was right up in his face. <laughs> yeah. Lost, and they lost his snake that night. I mean, uh, you got 10,000 people in a fucking tent and your snake's gone. <laughs> oh. So he was in yeah. a bad mood. He was in a... Very, yeah, no. not So not, so, not bad, so tell me the story
3: about... Yeah.
0: Tell me this anecdote about about you and
2: madness. I want to hear about this. Oh, no. it's just It was just... When you're in, in France and this is party-like I never ever seen in my life before or after, except at that location. This shit—you've you, heard of the, the Cannes Film Festival, right? Correct. This is the this is the Cannes Music Cannes the same place, the same. I mean, they sister cities, right? This is the Cannes Music Festival, but it's six months away. It's the middle of fucking winter. It's January, and the beach is rocks, right. and it's cold. Right. Everybody's. Bundled up, and a the crowd—they pack them in, and then you, f- the heat starts generating, and the crowd gets crazy. It's really—I uh, mean, it's a—it's an act, ad- and the whole town buzzes like this all the time. You don't just, hear about just this for warmth. Stuff.
0: It's just people are like, the yeah, <laughs> music's great and everything, but we really just want to huddle up for warmth.
2: I—it was the first time in my life I seen them come down with these carts to spray the walls. Six o'clock in the morning because of, to wash the dog piss off. Oh, but down the street, <laughs> the whole down the whole city because they got these little cobblestone streets down there, you know. But are uh, you four o'clock in the morning? You're finding a little restaurant, a little hole in the wall. Somebody's come on, we go in here, and it's just a door. And you open the door, and you go down the stairs. It's quite you know, your nose is like blowing all over the place. Oh, of course, it's. it's it's a wild ass scene and this is it still goes on now. I mean it's well not right now, but they probably did have one this January. I don't know. But yeah, that,
0: that's the secret I right there, man. Crazy,
2: I met some crazy people there. Madness were, were a fun bunch, but there were a lot of other other people too. And that's it's great. easy to meet well. Everybody there and I'll tell you what, you've got big time artists that are chasing Business people around And you go You know You sit back And you look And you go This is nuts Right In the real world You've got their fans Chasing them around You know Right, yeah, right There's right. no fans These are all just uh, Local people And people from You know Around the surrounding areas And maybe some countries That have come in from You know Come to watch These acts going Because there's a lot of Good music And new stuff That's being promoted And Uh
0: so it's kind—it's oh, kind of like the South by
2: Southwest of of France. Yeah, pretty much. But but this is this is the international thing, you know. Right. So, yeah, right. Cool. It's fun Very stuff. Cool. Very fun, cool, fun, man. fun, fun stuff. Yeah.
0: So so what what have you, man? <laughs> so what got you out of Africa? Like what oh, made you decide yeah. to leave? <laughs> Like what? What ended up happening? How did you get out of Africa? How did you end up in Nice, France, hanging out with Madness? Like what happened in between that?
2: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay, so um, I I did a lot of work for my for my aunt in her. She she set me up with stuff as an audio engineer doing sound boards and shit like that. Um, and then when she needed stuff done uh, on the international type stuff. I worked for an airline. So, I would do whatever she needed. I'd jump on a plane and take off and go do, you know, spend a few days and come back. So, I got to do a little bit of the publishing work. I got to do a little bit of the production work. A lot of the sound work it was kind of fun. So this, is, was, this is all in the entertainment field? Yeah. That, this is all fun aside though. My my career was in flight simulation. What? Yeah. Doing what? Sim- like designing flight
0: simulations?
3: Yeah. yeah.
2: yeah.
0: What? All right, That's talk my- about that. <laughs> <laughs> talk about that. What do you so what makes you qualified to design flight simulators? Oh, I I went to school back in South Africa. I actually That's what I, your education is in? Yeah. Computer, gra- oh, that's why you've got twelve MacBook Pros there. Oh, yeah. And here <laughs> I am talking to you, and we're like getting ready to do the podcast, and I'm talking to you like my dad who can't even turn on the computer. And I'm like, I'm like, okay, well, you're gonna want to install the Skype app, okay? Oh, yeah. Then yeah, I want to get you this. on a week early so we can make sure we got the. Do,
2: I don't do that shit, so I don't know. I never. Been, I, I'm, I'm taking apart the boards and I'm fiddling around and fucking with the codes and trying to unlock shit using my little stuff. You know, I'm playing around and um, heat gunning <laughs> stuff and popping shit off and putting new stuff and swapping things around. That's why I've got all that. That's my hobby. That's what I play with as a hobby. So what? What specifically I is? A lot of stuff. But you know, I, I get the train to, set as we've talked about exactly. It's a train set. It's what I get to do just to fuck around and have fun, <sighs> fill my time with. Uh, and and I, if I had to do it as a job, I'd be a total. It'd be a catastrophe. I because I blow shit up all the time, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but as a hobby, it's fun. And sometimes I I I I come up with a whoa! That's ah, mm, you know. Oh yeah. I can't tell anybody about this shit, <laughs> dude. It's like, yeah, <laughs> it's like uh,
0: you know. Sometimes there are just those there are just those moments when yeah. you're working on your thing and something cool happens while you're working on the thing. That's like why, today,
3: you
0: do it. dude. Like today, I, you know, I've been I've been trying to beef up my guitar abilities, and so I started learning Chicago's "I'm a Man," and yeah. it's really just three chords, but like. The chord form was something I had never played around before. I you know what I, I mean? It's I those vinyl. It's those it's Gordo, it's those seventh chords where like like the you've just got your like index finger on the on the A string and then you're like barring the bottom the the, the top three strings and just like strumming yeah. around and funking out on that. Like I okay. had never played around with that before. So I'm just, oh, it's like, just like bar chords? Yeah. Well, yeah, but the the like 7th bar chords Like just the two finger 7th oh, bar yeah, chords yeah, You know yeah. what I mean yeah. So it. I was like playing around with those And just like jamming along with Chicago Like on Amazing Slowdowner Just like full speed Just like rocking out on my acoustic guitar And like I like teared up Just from having so much fun You know what I mean Like when, you, when you're working on your thing And you have yeah. those moments It's just like yeah. there's nothing it like it in the world You had a breakthrough I that, moment I had a breakthrough moment yeah yeah. So, okay.
2: When's that one going to drop? <laughs> my my solo album? Yeah, no, the one the one you just been working on. When are you going to pop that up on the video thing? Uh Wait, what with the cat. With a cat. With a cat. Of course. You got the cat in the video, right? <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. You know what? I actually <laughs> I actually took a break a cool from cat. um I took a break from doing the videos. Like I originally took a break because of the blackout the blackout, yeah. but then i I decided to keep it going' cause I got the um I got the rough mixes from evergroove, and yeah. I really only have a couple hours a day where my son and my wife are taking a nap and I can work on I can totally dive into one of my projects yeah. and i've got I've got the roughs from the new new recordings that we did. Up at Evergroove, and I just I have to put the time into building those songs out. They just they just take priority over yeah. um, over making my videos. So I took a little break from the videos, and I'm like just You're taking the rough out, mixes. Put the seventh chords in those new songs. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm play, dude. I'm playing a shitload of guitar, <laughs> put man. Some flavor in there. Yeah. yeah well, but I'm also. Um, I'm just like importing. It's funny. <laughs> I'm importing the audio into GarageBand and then just recording sketch backup vocals over top the the rough mixes that we have. You know what I mean? Just experimenting with shit. Like going, hey, it'd be cool to have this here. It'd be cool to change this arrangement. So that's been the new. That's been the new project right now. It's been a ton of fun. Um. But Eric, I want. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to. I want you to tell me about what. So what so what is what is your degree in then?
2: Electrical engineering. Electrical engineering. That's your degree. Yeah, and then I went to flight simulation. Okay. I, and I did an apprenticeship in flight simulation. So did you, aircraft, did you? Did yeah. you only do flight simulation? No, I did the whole. Uh, it you know aircraft. From maintenance through everything, uh, from the apprentice side of it, yeah.
0: Do you have any experience in augmented reality simulations, like the one that we're living in right now? Like, did (laughs) you... (laughs) And how do we... What I'm mostly asking is, like, basically, you are Sir Anthony Hopkins in The Rock, (laughs) and we're, like... (laughs) <laughs> in Alcatraz like, but we're in insult- an Alcatraz of the mind we're in a simulation uh-huh. and I'm asking how do we get out of the simulation that we're in right now
2: okay so the simulation yeah, was I was Simulation I worked with (laughs) with, with, (laughs) was based on actual fact, uh, you know, from this dimension, from this dimension. Oh, Um, okay, cool. Okay. So, you know, if you're going to work in Trumpism stuff, you're not going to be able to, you know, (laughs) it's not going to work in real simulation because you're going to have to put in. Then you've got to go to gaming software and stuff like that. Oh, right, 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 right. Okay, so. With with flight simulation, you've got to be. I mean, that accurate because lives are on the line so yeah now i couldn't fuck around with that i couldn't give you your alternate reality stuff so <laughs> so, so
0: your career Fun as it would be Fun your career be. your career was how how long did you design flight simulators for like did you design <laughs> just hardware or did you design software like what what side of it oh was yeah you? I,
2: I did i i mean i went through the entire thing when i i ended up working at united airlines here in at stapleton
0: what what so you built, you built simulators
2: yeah. just from the ground up, like you, you were partying? I did. I, did I, I went, they built in Montreal, uh, well, and they built in uh, Crawley, Sus- Sussex, that's where, in England. But uh, most of the Boeing stuff that United took was built in Montreal. So I would go out there for months at a time and and work on the – they would build them. They have the – we write the spec as the customer for what we want and how we want the machine to perform. And then they build – they decode that and build the hardware around that so that it performs the way an aircraft does. Right, And then they build it up in the factory – and it takes eh, a year and a half, a year to a year and a half to build one up. And then they break it down and bring it back to the site, wherever it is. After the, And at the site, while this is going on there, the site's being prepared, the foundations. It's, I mean, the foundations for those things, it's, you know, it's a lot of concrete reinforcing and shit like that because those things shudder around. I mean, there's a lot oh, yeah. of heavy. Goes on with that. You got uh, hydraulics that pump those legs up and down. It's uh, you know, three thousand psi of hydraulic fluid is, is that, that stuff. That stuff will cut your finger off uh, pretty quick. <sighs> oh, so shit, <laughs> so exactors, wait. So you like a guy, saw a puddle underneath the leg, and he went. Wow, where's, where's the leak? Because that stuff at 3,000 PSI, a pinhole, you won't even see it. It's mists. But he ran his finger across like this and it took him off. Just sliced him off. It's coming out. What? Really? 3,000 PSI at a pinhole pressure is like a razor blade. Oh. Whoa! <laughs> this was way, way back when I, you know. <laughs> I was learning this shit, and I was told, "Do not touch. You see a puddle, don't touch the pipes, and <laughs> yeah. yeah, don't touch those hoses." Yep. Yeah, wow. That's, that's wow. A, lot of, a lot of pressure, but you need a lot of pressure to lift all that to lift all that weight and shake it around. And you got, I mean, you can pull G's in that thing. It actually feels like you're in the real aircraft. Wow. <laughs> so so well, yeah, that's I did that. so rad. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, while I was at school, I was pretty active in uh, a little more, a little more, how should we say a little more? revolutionary type stuff right okay uh, i'm listening but I, I would do it under different names i would be you know i would be a different person so I you have a long be...
0: history of using aliases is what you're saying
2: yeah
0: <laughs> but yeah and yeah. i won't drop your alias on here but what's funny is that <laughs> i thought i had the wrong name That's, for uh, you for, yeah yeah i had yeah, the I wrong I, name for You called me Tom forever, right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I I called you by the wrong name forever, and it's because that's how I knew you on Facebook. And what's funny is your real name sounds like an alias. Yeah. Like it's like Eric Stranger. Oh, my my daughter. (laughs) International man
2: of mystery. My daughter loves that shit, man. She goes, yeah, she's a rock star with that name, I tell you. That's a badass name, dude. (laughs) Eric (laughs) Stranger.
3: (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah man it's great.
2: So okay okay so Mr. Strange Yeah, so I'm I'm working one day and uh, this guy comes by and uh I, I as I said everybody inside Africa forget the time was at some association with the military at some point in their life right most everybody right um and after you're done with it you go back every year or every so often whenever they call you up for anything from an afternoon parade. And once you do that, then, you know, your obligation for the year is done to uh, they could send you away for three months to go on the border to shoot people. You know, <clears throat> and you don't really have a choice. So this guy, he'd worked himself up to a fairly uh, high ranking office in this reserve unit, which is those. Yeah, they call it the reserves. At the, I don't know what they do now. It's been so long. But uh, back then they did probably a lot like the national guard here, right? Know? Right, right, right. But they have they not local localized. They you know they do go out. Well, the national guard also goes out. And they send them all over the world too, right? Um. So he come by and stopped by and said to me, "I hate, um, so." So you really leave? And I went. No, man, it's like not even lunchtime, because yeah, it's twenty-four hour shifts on these things. Right. Pilots don't like working late at night, so you know, we were, our most productive time was between ten p.m. and six a.m. That's when you know. Oh, so and you were you were working grave graveyards doing what you were doing? Sometimes it was rotating shifts. So oh, okay, okay. okay. You know, I didn't think his question was odd because there were people that would be leaving around that time. I said, no, no, for me, it's, it's not even lunchtime. And he goes, no, 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 I'm not talking. About. Are you prepared to leave? Like, leave? Leave. And uh, I went, what, what, do you, what are you saying? He says, I'm not saying anything, but you know what? If you're not, you should be. And he walked away. And I went, wait, whoa, what, what? what? And he just kept on going. <laughs> like, he's oh. not going to say anything else, right? Cryptic. I started thinking about He went
0: back to the pilot's lounge and was like, I did it to another one. (laughs) 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 uh,
3: You um, should have seen
2: the look on his face. But, uh, uh, you know, uh, I'm looking at how the fuck would he know? And what would he know? There's so much he could know, but I have no idea. All I do know is this dude knows shit. If he says, you know, you you might want to think about. At least being prepared, I should be prepared. So I get a you know my little escape bag ready, and it's down in my locker. And some months later, he comes by again. I haven't seen him for a while. He comes by and he says, "Hey, how you doing, man?" I go, mm. I go, okay, he says, "You remember that day I asked you if ready to really leave?" I went, "Uh huh." He says, "Today's the day." <laughs> oh <sighs> shit! Yeah. So I had a girlfriend that was working on the concourse, and I, I gave her a call and said, hey, can you give me a ticket set up and boarding pass and shit? She, she knew what the situation. She was getting on it. And she said, I'll see you on board. And I put on my ramp uniform, you know, overall stuff um grabbed the toolbox and the 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 bag the carry-on that i had was it looked like just i was going off to go work on service and uh jumped on the crew bus and on and took a ride to the ramp went up back stairs sat down in the toilet and waited for her to come give me a ticket she took a carry bag off with my uniform and uh Whatever else I didn't want, and hello New York. Just that like night, that. This that night, up. night they took my house apart. Wow! Holy shit! Now, at that point, they don't put you in jail in prison anymore. At that point, they you fucked up enough. They've really hit you. they have given you all the warnings they really should have given. Now it's time to disappear. You, you know. Right. Yeah. You know, but when you get the the word, you don't fuck around. You go, you go. And I went to Hawaii, <laughs> the furthest point from South Africa on the on the globe. You know, it's like, yeah, I'm gone. <laughs> yeah, holy shit. And I lived in Hawaii for some time. Yeah, so before, before going to California, and I ended up in uh, Silicon Valley, working for a um, an OEM there as a assistant. Shit.
0: Did anything ever? Sore. Did anything ever come of that? They just they went through your house, but that was the end of it. Like you never heard anything. Like oh, your they, family they, wasn't harassed.
2: Well, you know, and I'd been estranged from my family for a while. Um, but there were there, there were family members that I was close with that they knew, and those they did get visits and they got questioned. But yeah, I was, but they nothing did. really outside. Nobody of that. really. Nobody really knew. I didn't share this stuff with anyway. You can't you can't talk about this stuff with people because the less you know the safer you are, you know? Right, right, absolutely. Because it then people, when it comes time to come around I, and ask right. When it comes time yeah. to come
0: around and ask questions, they're going to ask yeah. the people that yeah. And if you know if you know something it's going to come out and they're going to just keep digging. Yeah. Yeah. Holy shit. So uh,
2: after that I kept a low profile for from there I just like quiet (laughs) you know my new activism was raising a child being a dad right which is
0: the most fun and crazy activism you can do enjoy it while it's good (laughs) (laughs) oh i know he's gonna turn into a butthole
2: i know oh my god yeah as a single dad raising a kid with problems it's uh it's an adventure and I love her to bits, but she's, sometimes I don't like her, mm-hmm. but you know, she's, she's, uh, she's everything. She's my world. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I
0: mean, and, and it goes both ways, right? You know, it's like, it's like your parents, it's like they, they drive you nuts and they embarrass the hell out of you. And, 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 but you can't imagine loving anybody so much, you know, and, uh, and I think that it's something that we would probably be better for if we applied it to – if we applied the same unconditional love to just regular-ass people, like just our, your average citizen, if we just applied that, where it's like, oh, yeah, no, they're going to say stuff that really bothers me or drives me nuts or they'll do things that make me insane – but all the same, they're still my mom. They're still my dad. You know, I'm not going to write them off. I mean, they're they're my mom and dad. You know, I love them no matter what. Like, I wish that that was something like we know how to do it. We're instinctually able to do it. It would be awesome if it was something that we could just apply to everybody. I was just, yeah. you, you mentioned that, and I had just been thinking about that the other day. It's like such a beautiful thing. You know, you're not supposed to get along with people all the time. Like, yeah. there's this. Well, it
2: comes back, yeah.
0: Yeah, the, Go the, there seems to be like this dream of living in a post argument reality. Like, the, there's, you see, you see people fighting on the internet, and it's like they're fighting this battle that one side must win. The good guys and the bad guys. Like, there's the good guys and there's the bad guys, and one side must win. You know, you see this happening to people where. Like, man, I am, I am getting my heart broken by watching people just tear each other apart on social media right now. Like, it is so goddamn intense right now.
2: And it's difficult to hold back on some stuff because you, when you have a very strong feeling and you go to this must-win type situation... Right. I'm the kind of person, I listen, I, I want to hear... And I have no problem. You come up with a reasonable explanation for your perspective. Yours, I'm. I'm gonna listen, and I will modify my, my own um, ideas. Give me your about three best stuff. arguments.
0: Okay. I'll, I'll hear your three best arguments, no matter what it is. I'll hear your three best. I'll hear your one best argument. You know. But there's some. Mm-hmm. They, I mean, there's some people that don't even don't even want to do that. It's it's gotten so intense that I um I, I had to take a break, man. I deleted I deleted Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter all from my phone. <laughs> wow. Well, like I mean, we're on we're on Facebook. The... I'm not I'm not going to delete my account. I'm not an idiot. Yeah. I'm not an extremist.
1: Yeah. You know. I yeah. spent uh, last weekend a good chunk of this last weekend trying to figure out how I could. Deactivate my personal Facebook page, but still manage my business pages.
0: Dude, I've been thinking it's it. <laughs> super hard. It is because it's so. It's <laughs> they so, don't want you to. Wo- wo- they really yeah. don't want
1: you to. I like. Yeah. I tried it. I tried it three different ways out of four, and so now I'm just kind of really banking on this last one to work. So, like, I because I just I just
0: yeah like I don't I just don't want to be exposed to it. Anymore. Dude, it's it's well, causing you know, it's causing a type of derangement is the problem. And it's this it's this extremely useful tool that we haven't really mastered yet as a species. And there are things that need to be worked out and considered and my mental health is suffering because of the derangement that it causes. And it's not a new I, thing. It's not a I new think, thing, but it I is it, it's just amplified
2: right now. I think it's easier to to take off all the filters when you are sitting at a screen and you're not face to face with somebody.
0: Oh, oh yeah, you're just you're just shooting vitriol into space. Exactly.
2: And you don't You don't have, have to look at
0: the human beings sitting in front of you.
2: And if you do see them, uh, it's like you can just, you know, turn the camera off or turn, you know, it's it, it's so easy to be able to to force your point in a way that you would never do face to face with somebody. Right. Absolutely. Now, my my, I have two issues that just drive me crazy with this stuff. The one is where I, I'm going to say whatever it takes to make my point. It doesn't have to even be anywhere close to reality. Right. But I will lie, I will lie, I will lie, but I'm going to make my point. And if I do it loud enough and often enough and repeated enough, it's going to make my point, and then it'll be true. That really gets my goat. And then people create numbers, they create statistics, they create facts, and they put it in, and and they quote this stuff like it's real. And then that festers oh and so right as long as a few people believe
0: that, it as long as a few people believe it that's all you need to it, to see doubt moments. and undermine and undermine trust and authority
2: yeah so i've uh, occasionally i've i've had the stuff pop into my thing and i'll go Ooh. so i go and look research when that happens get the real numbers and then i go shoot it down and it Crickets from that side. Afterwards, what I have found is, oh, it's shared, 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 shared. Likes, likes, like. As soon as I put this thing up, oh, it dies. It doesn't come down, but there's no more shares, no more likes. Okay, so at least I'm. It's like it's like it's like you from just ruined a perfectly
0: good argument.
2: Yeah. <laughs> it's like you just ruined a perfectly good fight. Yeah, I, because I just put the real facts out there, and we put out the footnotes fire notes and everything. Right? The other thing that really... nobody uh, that, wants to oh, see the fire this put describes out. Me. This, uh, you know, those things come from people that. What the fuck is a friend, you know, on Facebook? it's uh, These are people. Hey, we're friends, and somebody, I
0: take it you know, very seriously.
2: My fucking roofer gave me his mom's number because his phone was not working so that I could get a hold of him. And she called me because he was on the fucking roof, and his phone wasn't working. You know, it's like, and now she's my friend. My What? I don't even know. Well, it's that kind of thing, right? People you How may do know. you deal with that? Here's
0: the lady who lives in the same building as you who found
2: your phone. All <laughs> right. The other thing is, people that you do know, and these would be close friends or friend, your friends, siblings or family or members, spouse, or family members who
0: who have, or your buddy's cousin what that you met one time at a show.
2: what we started speaking earlier on about who has a problem with making moral judgments. Right. And they have their idea of right and wrong that doesn't fit with a a fair human perspective. Let's take racism for you know, just as an example, right. you know, because that's the hot topic right now. Um, when somebody drops on you uh, on your thing a big ass thing that says all lives do matter, with an explanation, you go. Well, what do you do now? What do you? What do you? You can't block this person out. You can't cut them off because yeah, they're gonna tell you about something that happened with their kid, or you know, and you want to hear them, but you don't want to see this crap, right? And so you've got to, you've got in your own mind, you've got to shut this down. Say, okay, that's that is them. And thank God, I don't have to deal with them anywhere other than on the screen in that. Regard. Well, that's Other that's more restraint apply. than many people apply in well, that situation. Well, I, I can't go. You see, now, 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 I I have some friends like <laughs> with my my family hasn't seen my beard uh, ever, right. I did that Three Kings thing and dropped that photograph And I did that little poem for Three Kings And um, dropped that little picture of me on there Oh, there was a shitstorm started Man, my sister went <laughs> Over off. your beard? Oh, my God Oh, Jesus, man yeah, The women every I feel woman you, man family, hey. Not one fucking word about my poem 37 comments about my fucking beard. <laughs> right, 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 you yeah. know? right. And they went off on it. And then I had some, some of my friends got pissed off. About it. Eventually, uh, jumped on there and and said, these are your family. I mean, and they... T- and Excuse I went, me, oh, well, don't oh, beard oh. shame him. Oh, yeah, uh, that's what, it, what What did he call it? Uh, uh, a, um, Stop busting his to- whiskers. To- to- tr- tr- trichoph- trichophobic chihuahua. <laughs> 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 trichophobic <laughs> Chihuahua, Chihuahua. Like, yeah, that's <laughs> somebody who's afraid of hair, right? Uh, right, 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 right. Which, and he, he shot that at my sister. My sister did not like it, but it did. I eventually had to go in, pour uh, oil on the water, and say, You guys gotta just cut this shit out because I'm gonna end up losing friends and family. And all. I don't want to fight, so we gotta cut that. But that's exactly what we what described, what you were describing here, where the vitriol is. Toxic, and it really is. uh, uh, Besides the political um, shift in chasm that is between people, you've got this other stuff now. To, uh, and we've got isolation going on. This is becoming everybody shrinking down to fucking raisins. You know, right, right, right. right. Raisins everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, and it's. It's not healthy. absolutely. It's not healthy.
0: Yeah, I I just I value conversation so much.
2: And yeah, that's why you got this thing. Which yeah, is wonderful. I mean,
0: I I love it. It's a lot of fun. But that I would is. be lying. I'd be lying if I say that I come on here and I never get nervous that something I say in passing in a conversation is going to harm me in some way you know what i mean like i consider myself and i was telling i was telling ethan and gordo this at the beginning you know like i consider myself a bleeding heart like a, a bleeding heart liberal through and through i really do like i i dude i get i tear up over nothing man like i want to see people thrive and do well in the world i i believe in humanity i'm waving the pennant of humanity man seriously But I also believe in asking questions, and I believe in learning things, and like I've said before on the show, like, I even think we should get rid of the death penalty so that we can study murderers and psychopaths and serial killers, because it's important to learn from them, you know? We, We... it is, it, it is incumbent upon us to learn everything that we can about our species, and we have the technology to be able to hear what everyone thinks, you know? Mm-hmm. And someday, if Elon Musk gets his way and we get this Neuralink <laughs> shit, seriously, hey, that- if Elon Musk gets his way and we get this Neuralink shit, and they perfect that, and they will, it's just a matter of time, you know, and... You know he's probably fluffing up the numbers here, but he said fifteen twenty years we're gonna oh, have man. Neuralink in
2: people's lives. These fucking South Africans are crazy, man. <laughs> I know, but <laughs> he, he's a South he's a South African. You know that? Oh, I know that. I know he's
0: a South African. But he he can't even get his dumb pickup truck to work right. <laughs> you
2: know, but he like, puts how a how fucking how, 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 spacecraft into you know. <laughs> yeah, like maybe saying.
1: maybe stick with that. I don't know. I don't know. He's he's, working on it. I'm sure that the guy that photographed uh, the cover of, you know, the Eagles Hotel California is a great photographer. It's the shittiest picture of a sunset I've ever fucking seen. (laughs) I don't know. Like, you know, what the fuck do I know? What do I know? I don't know.
0: What do (laughs) I know?
1: Uh, Clear view. Clear view. Let's just look at everybody's faces and compute them all and get everybody, you know, I don't know. Yeah, this is clearly the psychosis that happens from isolation.
0: Yeah, yeah. Are you doing okay, man? Like, I was, actually, like I was actually, I was. No, no, no. I was thinking about you when I was oh, on my way stop. in. I was like, I was like, man, this is probably. Would you say this is the most outside human contact, like real time outside human contact you get in a week?
1: Not anymore. Okay. You know what happened? What as happened as of as of last week? The band resumed our practices. Whoa! So you actually get to stay in the same room with people. It's under, yeah, it's under highly, hmm. highly, you know, uh, there's a protocol. Right. Uh, but, you know, and it's it's a very controlled environment. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm very excited to be wow. in a room with my actual real friends that are real in, in reality. You know, right. not just through a screen, you know,
0: like right. we're doing now. Yeah. And like it's it's amazing. It's incredible. It's How's tactile. it been just to get back together and, and, and jam, dude? It's been what's incredible. it like? What's it like? I'll, it, I'll tell no, you, I'll no, tell no, you no, one no. thing. None of us were
1: <laughs> none of us were expecting like anything. We just we're just like, let's get together, hang out, you know, we'll play some songs. Like we honestly played probably about at least half an hours worth of material from our set as if we had just taken a couple weeks off
3: it it's was just in like there.
1: it was just it, it's in yeah it's in the code it's, yeah. in, there. it's in the code oh, yeah. so you know, like uh, you played it enough it's in there yeah, we've been, you know, programmed like everybody else in the Matrix. So we so we know...
0: I mean, it's part of the simulation. It wouldn't be much fun if you forgot how to do the shit that you can do. Yes, yeah. You might wake up.
1: No, but seriously, it's yeah, it's been rad. And That's really cool. I've great. had a couple of, like, meetings with families and stuff like that, you know, and so it's like, you know, like, I get a little bit of contact here and there, you know. The thing that really bothers me is, like... I can't just go. I can't go do the things. Like there's this extra layer of paranoia and anxiety when you're considering doing the things right. that you would do normally, quote unquote, and then it just it inhibits you from doing those things completely. Right. You know, like I just I won't go to a record store. You know, I, I won't go to a bar. Um, you know, uh, I'll get takeout from a restaurant. You know, um, all those. You know, all those. I have to take those precautions. Just, I don't really feel like I have a choice. Like, you know,
0: are you having a lot of fun? Like, are you are you building fun into your life? Oh
1: man, I'm I'm having so much fun. (laughs) fun. (laughs) I mean, you should check it out. You should come over to my house sometime and see how much fun I'm fucking having, man. (laughs) I pulled out. Seriously, I. I don't know if it's psychosis or what, but my last live stream, I did fucking karaoke. I brought out a CD player that I haven't even seen in like probably 10 years, took it out of a box. And I was like, I have this karaoke CD. Oh, fuck it, man. I'm going to do
0: some karaoke. That sounds awesome. Yeah.
1: And like, I don't know if that's a good idea or a bad idea, but I think it's it's a great idea. So like, yeah. And in the meantime,
2: are you going to do, are you going to do it cold? Uh, say what? Are you gonna do it cold? I mean, just, just like, are oh, you gonna rehearse a little bit?
3: No, yeah, I, yeah, no, yeah. I, I,
1: no, I did. I did the one song that I did. I rehearsed. I rehearsed it, but I oh, knew
3: yeah. it really well.
1: You know.
2: Oh,
3: okay.
1: It's uh, yeah. It's half day vacation by Tom Heinl. It's one of my favorites.
2: <laughs> well, here's a challenge. Just stick a challenge out there. Just go listen to something that you haven't heard for like ten years, and then just. Drop it cold online live.
1: <laughs> well, that's <laughs> see, see, that's the that's the thing though is let's see like, what you tell them, like, see the response for for me like uh, switching up how I do things and how I set up live streams and stuff has been it, that's been really fun because I get to com- perform completely differently than how I usually do.
0: I gotta you know? tell you, I am a little envious of your situation, and here's why: because. You, for better or worse, work for yourself, right? Like you, for the most part, yeah, yeah, for the most part. So most of your time gets to go to the stuff that you're working on. Like you don't have to go and and clock in at a job. So like you're isolated from people, but you're also isolated in your lab. I, it's true, dude. I, I am mean, in, in, so jealous of the lab. Things. So jealous, jealous of that, but like
1: I'm not always working on my own stuff. I'm working on other people's stuff too. You know, like that's that's the only way I can actually, you know, make the cheddar, as it
0: were. But I will tell you
2: this one. But you thing enjoy
0: is, doing that, right? Because you're
1: building, oh sure, yeah. you're developing
2: absolutely. your production. But, so he, nice. but he wants he wants people contact. This yeah.
0: Oh yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah. But See, I will tell you, that's the most I've ever been. Paid as a musician is getting unemployment checks for oh,
0: fuck. Dude, <laughs> COVID. I know, right?
1: And I, I like. I was like, unbe- It was unbelievable. Like, I submitted all my information. I was like, I'm not gonna get anything. I'm not. Who you know? Like, I don't make anything anyway. I could not fucking believe it. I'm like, dude, I'm a professional musician now. I finally made it. <laughs> dude, I, finally I really made it. I
2: really I've got a steady weekly income hey, from. Now, you now you know what you're worth when you got to go negotiate your gigs. You know. <laughs>
0: Yeah, exactly. exactly. Dude, how cool would it be if like, if they just turned <laughs> unemployment into into UBI or or rename it like the freedom dividend or whatever the fuck they're talking about? Where
2: yeah, that is that is you know, dude. You Eric's know what I mean? You got
1: a good point. I'm gonna take in my fucking unemployment check stuff <laughs> to the next gig I get, whatever it is, and I'm gonna be like, <clears throat> you can't match this. I'm out of here, kid. <laughs> right? <laughs>
2: There's another die fog I, can just, I, I can to Literally
1: with. just go home, okay? <laughs> Listen make
0: this same money. <laughs> I usually get paid this much. Oh no, dude. I've been I've been talking to friends of mine, like, you know, I I've been working the whole time. And we've been sitting there like hearing stories about our friends who are have been on unemployment and what they've been getting, and I'm like, oh. And here I am working like a sucker. Oh man
2: dude <laughs> uh, uh, and you know this this comes back to that thing we were talking earlier about with Castro right if you're a doctor that kind of sucks right if you're you know if you're a musician you eat you pay your rent you drive a car that's insured right you go to school you know and and that's that's a that's one of the nice parts about that thing, that whole setup, you know. However, if you have merit that exceeds what the standard talent is, you're not rewarded for that in any way in right, that kind right, of system. Right, right, right. And that tends to uh, dis what's what's the word? De incentivize. Right productivity and growth well and and also i I just know if i buy that completely because if you're going to be de-incentivized then your motivation is money if you have a passion for what you do no matter what it is you do whether you're doing heart surgery or you're building train sets or you're you know mowing lawns if you have a passion for it I, I, yeah, that's what drives you. It shouldn't be the money, right? Well, I mean, like, this culture that we live in, your success is meant is measured by that S double hash. You know, it's like you got to have the dollars in order to be successful. I don't know. I personally, I my my success is measured by oh, how I'm doing today.
1: Yeah, yeah. Cool. I hear that.
2: I hear that, brother.
0: <laughs> yeah,
2: it'd be not, nice to travel. It'd be nice to be. No, nobody can travel now. <laughs> it'd be nice nobody, to have a nice. Nobody car. used to travel. <laughs> nobody used <laughs> to travel. And I used to. I used to travel a lot, but then I worked for an airline, you know. So. <laughs> well, I mean, but,
0: like human beings. Human beings. For the most yeah. part, for a long Whoa. time. I mean, although we were nomadic, you know, we would hang around the same spot for some generations and then a handful yeah. of people would venture outward. But, I mean, yeah. you know, people people didn't have that need. I mean, it's fucking awesome. I love traveling. I love going around and meeting other people and seeing new people. But, I mean, there was
2: a time when people didn't do it, you know. You can live, you can live a, a fairly fulfilled life without without leaving your, you know, your immediate confines. Although um, I will, I will say that travel.
0: I accredit travel with being directly responsible for changing my worldview. Like I do, I do make that that accreditation. <laughs> you know, I do extend that um, part, part of it, right?
3: I mean, well, like,
0: like I, um, you know, after going to Europe for the first time and like really experiencing what. It's like on another, just another part of the globe, just going to another part of the globe or like crossing over into Mexico or, uh, or just like crossing over imaginary lines and yeah. experiencing how, like, how different it is and how the same it is all at the same time. Yeah. Like, we're on tour with these ba- you know, we're on tour with a band from Germany and a band from Norway and a and a merch guy from Sweden and my dad who's like an the old ass man and all the dudes hey, in my band hey, and stuff hey, like hey. that. Hey, my dad is an old <laughs> ass man. He'll admit it. But you know, we're we're going through all that and and we're going through this together and like we're playing the music that we like from our countries for each other. We're like, oh, I grew up with this band, and these are the TV shows that I used to like, and this is what Norwegian country music sounds like, and da-da-da-da-da, and just doing what band guys do when they're hanging out anyway. And everybody's, like, got to call and check in with their wives and check in with their kids, and everybody's FaceTiming with their kids and shit like that. And it's, like... And then speaking a completely different language, like three or four different languages all at the same time. You know what I mean? It was like, it's like, yeah, we're all different in a lot of ways, but we're all the same shit. We're all the same animal, man.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And... It's really cool is when you're all speaking in different languages, and, you know, and you communicate... Respectfully with the other you I mean, but when you talk to somebody who speaks your language you put on the side And then eventually when you spend enough time Everybody knows What the conversation is even though everybody's speaking in differently. La- you can't speak that language Right, but you have a way of communicating that It shows you how how people from all these different cultures can even though you have n- No communication uh, mm, words-wise that makes sense, you still understand each other. Yeah. And you have that ca- camaraderie right. and that bond, and that you do only get by traveling or by meeting other travelers. Well, and the most important
0: stuff gets covered. You know what I mean? Like, when you don't speak yeah. the same language as someone, it's like, okay... What are the points that we can easily agree upon? It's like, uh, I'm going to be nice to you. I'm not going to do anything to you. You're not going to do anything to me. We both like to eat food. Uh, here's my kid. Here's your kid. Like, you know, like you have the- That bacteria. offends me.
2: Oh, that I like. And I know yeah, that offends yeah. you, so I'm not going to do it. And next thing you go, you've got friends. You don't even right, right, right. You don't even understand each other. You don't, you don't I'm not have, talking about Facebook friends I'm talking about friends. Yeah, I know.
0: I I'm just uh man I, I really am I really uh, I want to see some more conversations happen. I think I think we all saw uh in 20 in 2017 just we saw things go a certain way that I think many people can agree was suboptimal in terms of actually moving the needle. Um, I mean, there was a ton of... I mean, there continues to be tons of stuff that goes on that is doing excellent work in moving the needle. I mean, the world is changing by leaps and bounds overnight. But there there were so many things that were slowed down by people just being cruel and insane and mean and nasty to each other on on these platforms. and uh, And I just... I had to step away from it for a minute i'm I'm still saying plugged in through like news outlets and reading blogs and listening to podcasts and things like that, but I have to step away from the the algorithm you know the 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 vitriol machine i just i i can't be around I can't be around it right
1: yeah. now, yeah, just i mean for me like i just there's only a certain amount of there's only a certain amount of that of that's it's worth my time. Right. Honestly, I just, I can't, I'm not going to sit there and argue with someone I don't know about, you know,
0: my deeply held beliefs. What, well, what's the point? Well, <laughs> like, and, and, and here's the point. Here's the thing like, that I have a problem with. If someone says something shitty on the internet and you make screen caps of all their information and you dox them. <laughs> And you put it out there, and you destroy their life, and you get them kicked out of school, and you get them kicked out of off their job, and and you get them attacked by people from all directions, and just bombard them with with madness. Like, do you think they're gonna go? You know, they make a good point. I'm gonna be <laughs> on their team now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm on their team now.
2: No, they go those are my enemies. It's not gonna happen. It's not going to happen, man. Oh,
0: and and I mean that's I mean, no. They're gonna go they're gonna go, fuck, I'm never fucking around with those people or anything those people stand for. Those people want to hurt me. Those people are my enemy. All this does is concrete everything I had already, you know, cement everything I had thought already. As opposed to if you go Hey, uncle. Hey, cousin. Hey, friend of a friend. Hey, um, listen. Privately, I disagree with you, and here's why. I saw what you said. I thought it was very insensitive. I didn't think it was the most intelligent thing to say, and here is why. Okay. Oh, you can't say that to. Uh, don't tell somebody they dumbass. No. <laughs> no. But but if you go if you go and especially if you tell people like look hey i love you no matter what look i love you no matter what but i have to tell you you're mistaken on this and here's why and you don't have to agree with me but i just want you to consider it okay yeah. and consider just i'm putting it to you from a place of love and just like just like hey man listen here's here's my best case on it i hope i can get you to see that that is going to at least implant the idea in their head that someone that they love and that they respect and that they admire has reached out to them with love and, and and presented an alternative viewpoint. And if nothing else, they'll reconsider the way that they speak out of respect for the person that they love and that they care about and then came with that, to them with that respect. You know, that's just one man talking here. But I really like, I don't like the shit, man. I don't, I don't care like no matter what anyone says ever they are allowed to say whatever the fuck they want to say ever and yeah there's gonna be blowback and there's gonna be there's going to be consequences for their actions that 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 I cannot control but my choice is when it comes to dealing with people who say things that I disagree with or that I dislike I'm I'm gonna take the conversational approach that's the way I'm gonna I'm gonna deal with it.
2: That is the way I choose to deal with it. And and, and props to you for that, man. Hmm. Oh, well, absolutely. Props to you. That that takes character.
0: Well, the the problem is is we're living in a time where even that is seen as a form of aiding and abetting.
2: You know. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It does. Yeah. Because if you're not, what what did they say? It's not enough not to be a racist you have to be anti-racism right and i and i am Uh, anti-racist no and and and, as am i but if somebody is not a racist and comfortable there the, the way things have changed now they're now under pressure to become an activist right which it's not it's not in their nature and uh, you tell them if they them, were like, look, uh, I didn't have a problem uh, with anything you are in the first. Not place. anti-racist, you're a racist. You know, it's not. Well, wait, no, no, no. Let the person be. You know, right? That
0: like complex equivalence. like the, the the complex equivalences are something that that I I have a problem. With. It's just like if you be, if you X, then Y, and that's all there is to it. You know? No, <laughs> yeah. It's it's well, and it's it's not just it's not just that. It's it's not just the uh, the conversation of of racism. It's conversation in general. It's the structure of conversation in the social media space. It's the way that the algorithms are designed. It's the way I mean you're a you're an engineer. It's the way this shit is engineered. Mm-hmm. It's the way it's designed to function. It's mm-hmm. like I I think we should be talking about all the dark shit in our. Uh, in the human
2: encyclopedia. Well, I... We should be talking thought, about I, all of it. I, I thought that might go this way, and I'm glad it didn't today, <laughs> because we'd be here till midnight, but yeah, there, there is... The, I mean, there is a scope of stuff. You know, and we just we just spoke earlier, started it off with uh, how you present your sexuality. Right. All right? What your sexual makeup is and how you live that life and why that's not acceptable to other people right now that's something that you can't change it's you the same as the color of your skin it's you why should you be mm, treated judged uh, um, allowed not allowed different to anybody else because of your pigmentation or your sexuality or where
0: Because of from, your inherent makeup, whatever your inherent makeup is, whatever your inherent attributes
2: are, that's you. And unless you. you are an your evil fundamental fucking motherfucker that uh, that wants to change, you know, rule the world, and put people, in, you know, become a dictator in in ways that you are now the most powerful person on the planet, that uh, there's an evil there that needs to be stemmed. That's, but that's a different thing altogether. It, it is part of your makeup. It is part of your, uh, what do they call it, your pathology, right? Or well, whatever. but it's
0: something that can be learned and unlearned, you know. it, uh, yeah. it it's, it's, it's the, the difference between you. hardware. Like, the color of your skin is your hardware. Your belief no system kidding. is your software. True. Yeah. People can't. It's a little harder to update your hardware. but or you firmware. Can, yeah, firmware. or firmware. But you can firmware. update the yeah. really
1: Well, health. the firmware is down below.
3: <laughs> God! God. <laughs> Boom! Yeah, I just, I Gotta break the I
0: tension with a dick it's joke. So Very <laughs> nice, Gordo. Oh, man. Sorry, Aaron.
3: man. That's hey, so, you never don't...
0: apologize for a dick joke. You hear me? especially one that gets a rave review man <laughs> yeah you never apologize for a dick joke that was brilliant you should be proud of yourself no yeah, but yeah it is you can it's harder to uh, like There, there's your hardware the color of your skin the color of your eyes your your sexual makeup your gender expression it's part of you you know but there are things you can change. You can change the way that you think about the world. You can you can change, you can expand your knowledge, you can dissolve ignorance and malevolence one little fucking piece at a time. You can get rid of it. But the only way people get rid of that shit is through prolonged and frequent exposure to other sources of input. That's the only way it's going to happen. And if you drive people out and you exile them and you ostracize them and you completely run them off with fucking pitchforks. They get no input. They get no input because they're not going to dial into it. They're going to silo themselves with people who don't fucking wave their finger at them and call them every name in the book and insinuate that they're that they're defective in some way because they're ignorant. People are fucking ignorant. And it is our responsibility as a species to try and create a certain herd immunity with regard to ignorance, with regard regard to
2: the social contract. I'd like to say that this starts from infancy. You know, we... Basic rules of life. You learn from when you before you can walk man right you know you shouldn't be doing that you know you know you shouldn't be doing that shouldn't be doing this because you were taught that this is wrong and it's part of well you do have stuff instinctively but your system of principles and your system of morals and your system of values comes from your environment your parents your siblings. Right. It's very tough to break that when it is a birthright. If you feel that you have a right to a certain uh, dominance over somebody else because right. of
0: no, absolutely, they're,
2: they're inherent, and now you've been told, no, that's not right. You can't have that dominance because they're, you know... Oh, it's associated
0: with your entire identity.
2: <laughs> exactly. Well, now... You make it illegal. You make it illegal. You make a punishment for it. You make some form of, some way of dealing with it. To get the message across hard, well, then you get that silo thing happening, right? right. But on the other hand, that's a, you know, at different levels, you've got to hit this thing. But it's got to trickle down to where now the whole of society starts to figure out that, this hey, this is a non-issue, man. Why are we doing this? Right and that's where it starts to come up but you got to hit it way at the top like you hey no chokeholds no the you know no right. tear gas no chemical warfare on domestic soil you know that kind of right but then you got to come down to your kids and you know, let your your neighbor's kid play with your kid even though they're different color you know can they're you believe can you
0: believe that it took until 2020 for anti-lynching bills to be passed? Oh, my God. Does that blow your fucking mind or what? Trying to get that bill passed for the past 100 years. Isn't that fucking insane? Like, if you had asked me, like, if you had come up to me and and been like, and been like, when was the uh, anti-lynching bill passed? I would have been like, oh, that must have been like, what is it, uh, I mean... It probably took him a long time to get it together. What was At it? Least probably like nineteen twenty or something like that, right? <laughs> no, nineteen sixty. Did it happen in nineteen sixty? No. Nineteen ninety-two. Oh. Did it happen then? No. Oh, yesterday. <laughs> this year. Like, no. dude, that fuck. No, and and that's a fair. And, and and Eric, that's a fair point. The conversations need to be happening among us, but in like the higher, the, the, the courts and with and with legislation, yeah, like, they need to be getting hit with the fucking hammer and saying, like, look, this is the legislation that we demand. Like, absolutely. They, like, and it has to set a precedent and it's going to hurt to some people, but there is, there are some moral absolutes <laughs> of right and wrong, I would say. Yes. and And things that fall under that category, like people who have some deranged belief that they're outside of that or they have some birthright. Look, it's it's going to have to work itself out over the generations while they fucking get used to it. Like, the people who had to get used to the end of segregation and shit like that. You know what I mean? Like, just going to have to fucking get used to it because it's, it's a matter of right and wrong. Well, I know? mean, to, to Eric's point, I mean, like, you know, uh, you have to be able to examine
1: how you were taught, what you were taught, and what, like... Why you were taught that in the first place. Right. Where did that come from? Did that come from the previous generation? Okay, well, where did they get that from? Oh, they got that from the previous generation? Okay, so where did this idea actually originate from? And what's the proof that it actually has any substance at all? Right. Your ideas about other people or your ideas about whatever.
0: That right. you were That you were brought
1: up with, that you were taught. You know,
0: and never you thought have, to question their origin or I think yeah, and, and factual, some, factual basis, yeah, and some
1: yeah, I don't know I, I in some respects, you know, critical thinking is a serious,
0: serious issue
1: <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah that needs to be addressed
0: you well, know, and right? that goes hey, that goes always to be honest. like critical thinking is not something they teach in our school systems and it I mean it, it needs to be a subject unto itself. The, just yeah, the ability to have tough it, conversations. I think the way in which they approach it
1: in our educational system is just not effective. But, you know, it just right. it doesn't quite go deep enough.
3: Mm-hmm. Right.
0: That's what it, I. Th- it's a it's a lot of rote memorization, and then, you know, just like here, just memorize the book, do the test, get out of here. You know, instead of like teaching people how to learn how to think how to have difficult conversations like man can you imagine if teenagers all full of hormones like in middle schoolers like were able to adequately articulate their chaotic experience to one another without beating the shit out of each other or getting in like a lot of acting out that I did came from a place from not being able to fucking articulate the horrors of living in a teenage body and trying to navigate social life. Sure.
2: You know. That's 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 wow. That's a wordy way of saying you fucked up as a kid,
3: huh? <laughs> <laughs> ah,
0: I did. <laughs> I did. I did. I had a hard time in school. Uh, I, apparently so. Yeah, I had, I had a hard time. About seventh grade was probably when I started slipping off, and a lot of it came from, like, a lot of it came from being kind of weird and not knowing how to navigate social life, and then being around a bunch of other people who didn't know how to navigate social life, didn't know how to, didn't know how to act. There's no manual for how to be a, a human mm. being. You know,
2: so you acted out and oh, found yeah. out found out what where the limits were, and then just jumped off, right?
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, I you know, I just I did a lot of I just did a lot of dumb, impulsive shit, and yeah. I've talked about this before on the show. You know, it has been suggested that many of the things that I did as a dumb, impulsive kid could probably now be attributed to a bipolar disorder of some sort. You know, who the fuck knows? we 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 don't we don't learn how to act with people we don't learn how to talk to people we don't learn how to socialize we don't learn how to we don't learn how to live with the other human beings around each other you know they just kind of go they toss us in there and then they go "help they'll figure it out kids always do we just got to make sure they memorize a bunch of this shit instead of teaching them to ask questions so that they can answer the greatest questions currently facing us in the next decade or so.
2: And they don't get the answers, right? No.
0: Well, hey, guys, I think we got to call it there. I want to give a shout-out to everybody who's been watching the stream or popping in and out. And uh, I want to give a quick shout-out to our sponsors, the people who make this go on. Matula Plumbing, Matula! Matula! Matula. Shit rolls down. down. Don't be at the bottom. Your number two is our number one priority. Your shit is our bread and butter. Angie's List Super Service Award winner back in 2011. One-one is the only one that matters. Your shit is our bread and butter. Your number two is our number one priority. He'll wear the booties for you. Jerry Matula. Uh, Mutiny Information Cafe, Mutiny is everything. Books, records, music, uh, live events eventually again, cereal, coffee, um, just really a truly amazing place and uh, a is hub a for is you. There a cat hanging out there now? Is so what hanging pictures? out there? A cat. I saw pictures of a cat. Is there a cat hanging out Oh,
2: they out have... There? I guarantee they have a cat. Oh, you know what? They I change. did see that... Mutiny is starting a broadcast, a talk show.
0: Yeah, System. yeah. Mutiny does whatever the fuck they want. Is that what it's called? No, this is a new a new thing that's that's kicking off this Friday, right? Oh, really? Cool. Yes. Stay yeah. tuned for that. Mutiny is dropping uh dropping a new show. I'm excited to see it. Friday uh, at
2: oh, I don't, I don't I'm not sure what time it was, but yeah, sure you can pick it up.
0: Yeah, man, go go over to I'm Mutiny's. Right. Say what? Dropping pods left and right, left and yeah. right. I mean, <laughs> yeah. now's the time to do it, man. Now's the time to learn the technology. It's amazing to watch everybody going through it. It's wild.
2: Yeah, oh, m- this is meeting. my debut, and I'm just having a blast. Man, I'm going to have to do this again, my dude. It's been it's been really fun having <laughs> you on. It's been really fun having you on. I really enjoyed this. I was a little like, yeah, but yeah,
0: no, this has been
2: really, really no, been great good. conversation. Yeah,
0: yeah, really great having you on here, man. Um, let's see, yeah. flip side music. Life's short. Make some noise. Go see Ike and the guys, and uh, make sure to check out their YouTube channel. What the FAQ? What the fact? And uh, yeah, see what they're all about, man. Um, Pick burn up TV. A
1: volume pedal. Yeah, from go flip get it. Flipside music. It does one thing. It does it well. Flipside music. It's just
0: a volume pop. pedal. Did you just get
1: a volume <clears throat> pedal?
0: No, I've had it for a while. But I did get it it from Flipside, though. There you (laughs) have it, folks. He got it from Flipside. (laughs) You can get it, too. Burn TV, (laughs) Burn Studios, uh, uh, this podcast and a bunch of other amazing content comes out of Burn Studios. I got to have on the show soon our director of operations, Joy King. Uh, She was supposed to be on the show way before, but timing didn't end up working out. I happened to catch her... As she was leaving and I was going in and we pulled our cars up alongside each other. And she told me, because she also, in addition to working for us, she works in the administrative side of the porn industry. And she said she had just spent the day on a Zoom call with the head of a company who I won't name. Because I, I don't think I can name them, but uh, one of the one of the big 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 porn companies, <clears throat> and they were having a Zoom conference call about problematic porn titles that they were retiring.
1: Oh, you know what? That reminds me, dude. I was going to say this earlier because it kind of, it just kind of seemed to fit in with this episode. But uh, I used to drive by a porn theater on my way to work when I was a kid, and. Uh, so one of the titles I saw on the marquee was "In and Out of Africa,"
3: and it was, and so
0: I just thought it fit in. It fit in nicely with. Oh my God! This is going downhill, dude. And you know what? That's exactly what she told me. Is it was stuff like that. Yeah. She's just that's that's a really good example of something that is a really bad idea, dude. And some of them are titles. Here's the thing: some of them were titles that she came up with. She so came up. Yeah, that she came up with. So she's going, so she's oh my, and she's like naming off all these titles. She's like, implicated. dude, I don't even like. I don't even want to say them because I don't want like someone to make a clip of this episode of just a section Sam. of me just naming off <laughs> problematic porn titles. But I'll bet if you Google problematic porn titles in 2020. I'll bet you'd find a pretty good list of stuff. But yeah, she was just rattling on one after the other. Anyway, it was really, really funny. So, Burn TV Studios, home of the motherfucking podcast, and problematic porn titles. Rocket (laughs) Space Rehearsal Studios. 27 21 Street. Street. Go... uh, Co Jam at Rocket Space. Have band practice. <laughs> make, uh, make, hey, it's their hourly rentals. You can make some problematic pornography while you're in there. Evergroove Studio. <laughs>
2: Just clean up, okay?
3: <laughs>
0: Just <catering>. clean up. Ah, you know, I find <laughs> the best part about jokes. I find the best part of them is how fucking funny they are. Um, (laughs) (laughs) No kids, why they jokes. Yeah, yeah. That's my favorite thing about jokes, it turns out. Evergroove Studio. Yeah. Hey, Brad. Hey, Brad. Uh, And. Hey, shout out to our tech guru, Ethan Klein, who's been pacing in and out. I'm assuming to tell me that there is something wrong with the stream, but I've just been unable to break away from this conversation. So um, if there's been something wrong with the screen, I, uh, stream, I apologize, guys. We will be releasing a uh, recording of this later, so it won't be... Whatever the problem was, but Ethan was basing in and out of here sweating something, so <laughs> shout out to him for being the best tech guru a guy could ask for on my nightmare of a podcast. Well, um, thanks, Ethan. Dude, yeah, so Evergroove Evergroove sent over, uh, Brad sent over um, the rough mixes of our new recordings, and like I said, I've been loading those into GarageBand and doing work. Uh, Brad is doing remote mixes for people, um, which is a really cool thing to be a part of. Like, you can actually listen to the mix live as he's working on it. It's super fucking cool. Um, Brad... Brad and the gang are doing some amazing work over there. I can't wait to get back up there and do some work with them. So, Evergroup Studio, hit them up about your next project. And last but most, I want to give a shout-out to the people who continue to back us on patreon.com slash mfruckus. Shout-out to the patrons for backing everything that we do. Um... If it weren't for you guys, we wouldn't be able to push through this fucking situation, man. Like, like we wouldn't be able to make music and make content while we're in the middle of the a pandemic and the greatest global economic crisis we've seen since the Great Depression. Like, like shitty, crazy shit is happening right now. And we're able to stay active and keep doing shit. Some shitty, crazy shit is going on right now. And, um, We're only able to do what we do because of you guys. So thank you, thank you, thank you to the brave, beautiful, wonderful, sweet, generous people who back us on Patreon.com. If you would like to get access to exclusive content, uh, early content, VIP parties with beer and food... All that shit. How do I do that, Aaron? Tell well, me. you go to patreoncom slash ruckus and you become a patron at any level. Any level. Isn't um, there a,
1: is there a peon
0: level? A peon <laughs> level uh, that I can get involved with. There's there's uh the 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 MF light level MF is light. is $2 a month for the MF light level. And here's the thing the MF light level you still get access to all the shit that the people in the upper levels get the only thing that the people at the at the upper tiers get is they get like first dibs on certain things or they get like they get like merch sent to them just automatically Rotating or they get a bigger t-shirts they get a they get a bigger discount on merch and shit like that but for the most part we give everything to everybody if you back us on Patreon we just fucking give you everything we've got i actually put up a new track On SoundCloud. Oops. And it's on a... It's on a private SoundCloud link that you can only get to through our Patreon by becoming a patron. And it is a previously unreleased track recorded live on the road in New Mexico. It was never before... Well, it had been heard before many times, but it had never been captured before. A little song, a, a secret track called Chainsaw Symphony It I just dropped it yesterday and the only Jeez. people who have access to it are our patrons want to find out what it's all about go to patreon.com slash Ruckus become a patron at any level and check out the sonic brilliance that is Chainsaw Symphony mm-hmm. by motherfucking Ruckus Fantastic. anyway uh, I want to thank my guest Eric Stranger for coming on the show Eric it has been so great having you on man Seriously. It's, been a,
2: it's, it's been a treat. Thank you so much for having me on. It's just been... Uh, I'm really impressed with your operation. I love Thanks, what you guys are doing. And I've been very comfortable with this. So I was a little there. But it, it, you made... The conversation's been great. Gordo is very disarming. He is.
0: Gordo, Gordo is a very um, disarming oh, he guy. disarmed me just then. <laughs> <laughs> Actually... I think we should put Gordo in charge of disarming the police. Yeah, there you go. But but with just like, you know, G Shucks Golly, Kansas, just friendly rock and roll, bearded, bald dude with glasses, charisma. Turkey in the straw. <laughs> just just Gordo just walking and being like, hey guys, come on. What are you doing here? <laughs> That'd disarm them in a heartbeat. They'd be like, ah, that's how that's can great. we say no to you, Gordo? Impression.
1: It's a pretty fair impression.
0: Oh, hey. Hey, what's going on,
2: guys? Come on, <laughs> Come on man. Put down the taser. Come Put on.
3: Down Put down spray. the
2: taser. Oh, what's wrong with you?
3: Get You're it right, off Gordo. It. <laughs> yeah.
0: You know what? We were f- at first really opposed to the idea of, you know, making budget changes and, 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 and switching things up a little bit, but we just found Gordo so disarming. I'm ready. <laughs> just fucking just drop. Just you, Put me in a
1: fucking
2: helicopter. I'll I'll, I'll just yeah. drop in. I'll He's going to go in. from disarming to alarming if he stays in that house much yeah, yeah. longer. Yeah, <laughs> right. Drop me yeah. in the precinct. I dare you. Yeah.
0: I, I dare you. Problem solved in a weekend. Anyway, uh, it's been really great to have you on the show, Eric. Um... It's, I've been super curious about your life and I'm sure, you know, you and I have had a lot of conversations and, and I'm, and I'm sure there's a lot more places we can go and we'll just have to save it for another time. I'd love to have you back. The motherfucking podcast is recorded at the Nug Nation studios in Denver, Colorado and hosted by Aaron Howell, Tony Lee, Logan O'Connor, and occasionally even Ty Blosser of the international power rock combo motherfucking ruckus. Our producer in the studio is Gordon Ledfoot. Our producers in Chicago are Gene Skibbins and Adam Zielinski. All music except homie shout-outs and featured artists is written and performed by M.F. Ruckus and comes from the album The Front Lines of Good Times Volume 1, coming this fall on Rodeo Star Records. Thanks for listening, guys. And remember, if you find this podcast valuable or entertaining and you wish to support M.F. Ruckus further, you can rate, review, share, subscribe, Follow us on any of our social channels, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Spotify. If you really want to help us do what we do, you can go to patreon.com slash mfruckus and become a patron at any level. Our patrons get access to exclusive content, early releases, guest list spots, even VIP parties with beer and food, all in exchange for a small monthly contribution. It really does make a difference and allows us to do this podcast, Make records, create videos, go on tour, fly Tony back and forth, and all the other stuff we love to do for you guys. Patreon.com slash MFRuckus. Check it out. Thanks again, guys.
2: You're listening to a Mutiny Transmission.
1: You can find more podcasts, videos, books, comics, and records online at MutinyInfoCafe.com.
0: Or just stop in the store in Denver and have a coffee sometime. Right. Yeah. Like, you know, like, yeah. Like,
3: yeah.
0: Yeah. Huh. yeah. Like, so, like, oh, oh, um... Yeah. And um, like yeah, yeah,
2: and uh,
0: oh yeah, yeah. So okay, whoa,
2: uh-huh. yeah,
0: yeah. Well, I mean, and you know, like I value conversation so much.